This is another Red FM podcast. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, for more podcasts, check out redextra.ie. It's full of great Red FM content. Nearly had a collapsed heart attack when I heard her talking about rain. Dry and sunny, a couple of clouds, 23 to 25. It drops back tomorrow. About 17 or 18 degrees. We'll be a bit cloudy. There'll be some bright spells tomorrow. Today is the humdinger of a day. Sunday then, sunny day, dry as 18 or 19. Next week's quite nice, actually. 20 to 22 degrees every day. It's really nice. But today, I mean, don't be raining on our parade, Met Aaron. 23 to 25, dry and sunny. Eyes open. You can text 0868104106. What a start. You can also pick up the phone on 0818104106. Don't come to me. If it rains this afternoon, I'm just trying to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. Paperwise this morning, what are you going to do? It's all bad doom and gloom news. You see the three and a half thousand calls being made to one charity every week. It's a real, um, you know, stop you on your tracks headline making this morning's mirror. This is St. Vincent de Paul. Three and a half thousand calls just to St. Vincent de Paul uh, every single week. And meanwhile, we have the circus inside in the doll, and it makes all of the papers today. The gloves come off in the bitter row in the doll as the tarnished accuses the Sinn Féin TD of abusing and mistreating a Garda during an arrest in 1999. Uh, each of them was able to give as good as they got. And I suppose uh, what people are saying now, like who won? I don't know whether that's important really is that a lot more serious than actually who won the spat but I suppose people who are either members or supporters of Fianna Gael will say Fianna Gael won the spat uh, anybody who was uh, supporting Sinn Féin will say likewise cop on Leo says Pierce is a headline from the star this morning the mirror say Leo and Doherty's dull war of words you're out of touch and should be a bit more humble and then that's a cheap cheap shot you were arrested uh, for abusing Gardy. I might play the audio if you haven't heard it already. Varadkar and Doherty clash in the Doyle Spats as the exam this morning and the, the best headline of them all, the sun brawl in the doll. Leo and Pierce get fierce in the chamber. Um, straight to the point, the Independent this morning, Varadkar knows the next election could come down to a two-party scrap between Fine Gael and Sinn Féin. So I think the gloves are off now with regard... I think that... I read somewhere this morning that Fine Gael have a secret dossier, apparently, um, which is like point after point after point after point to try and show the hypocrisy of Sinn Féin. And this could... Yesterday could have been the start of that, where Varadkar decided, I'm going to go for it from today. But apparently they will start dropping these hypocrisy bombs, if you like, uh, from now on as we, you know, I mean, we're far from a general election, but they may want to turn the tide now before it's too late, closer to an election. So Varadkar hits out a Doherty over cheap shots on the door is a headline from this morning's uh, Irish Times as well. But this is all about uh, opinion polls and party popularity and turning the tide and pulling back votes away from Sinn Féin. That's, that's my reading of it. Meanwhile... Leinster House are getting, well, they have, apparently they have their own brand of wine, I think. Uh, but now they're uh, rolling out um, uh, 300 grand that they want to spend on their own brand of wine over the next four years. So they've pitched this to wine producers and bottlers, and a tender has gone out seeking supplies to provide entry level and mid range wines to be branded with the House of the Oroctus label and sold on its bars and restaurants. Um, wine is so popular in Leinster House, they want to have their own. So that's an incredible story, considering that I tell you that 3,500 calls have been made to St. Vincent de Paul on a weekly basis. And meanwhile, Leinster House want to brand their own wine. 
Like, you would just want to just fall on the ground and cry, wouldn't you? Uh, a lot of health-related stories making the papers today. Michal Martin said yesterday that he is pushing strongly for a new elective hospital in Cork as quickly as possible. Now, as quickly as possible to you and me could be weeks or months or maybe a year. As quickly as possible when it comes to uh, politicians could be a decade, maybe even longer. I mean, we know of the new children's hospital. That just continues to get dearer and dearer. They've added another 51 million to that now. Uh, and uh, if you thought that uh, 1.4 billion would be the final figure for this children's hospital, think again, it continues to go up. And then there's the very disturbing story of a woman who died in Limerick after giving birth at home. Uh, that has led to the suspension of home birth services across the Midwest. It's a tragedy that occurred on the 5th of the month after the woman gave gave birth to a healthy baby boy and died. It's a story making the examiner today. And from Times UK, with regards to uh, medical intervention, if you like, there's a global trans- transgender health organization now that has recommended that children as young as 14 should be allowed irreversible gender transition treatment. Now, there is growing concern that medical you know, interventions at such an early age may cause more harm than good according to the Times UK, but the age of 14 has been suggested for irreversible gender drugs. And before our courts, what the Gardaí have to put up with, they came across this chap, uh, he appeared to have consumed an awful lot of vodka and was unable to stand up without assistance. There was an ambulance called and what have you, uh, and he fell asleep and the, the guards were concerned for his safety and they tried to rouse him. He woke up eventually, he jumped up and he the guards tried to explain that they were just trying to make sure that he was okay, uh, but he assaulted one of the sergeants and spat in his face. So the guard sergeant was punched in the face and given a split lip and then spat at. And the individual involved, Tyg Chukuski, uh, of no fixed address, got 10 months jail for it. No fixed address, of course, is the worrying part of this because, you know, a lot of the time... There's alcohol and living on the streets and homelessness, but you can't be going around smacking the, the guards in the face and splitting their lips. So he got 10 months jail for that in the courts uh, yesterday. Papers also this morning talk of a woman who uh, walked into a Drogheda Garda station on Wednesday and she told the officers there that she had been trafficked into Ireland for the purpose of forcible organ harvesting. A woman in her, young, young woman in her early 20s, she's in state care now, walked into Drogheda Garda Station. Uh, a lot of the newspapers today, of course, talk about the heat and the sunshine and stuff that we're having with regards to the next few days. One of the big warnings, of course, is to do with pets. You want to make sure that there's plenty of water for them and a bit of shade across the day today. A lot of the papers say this is all down to climate change. But for the one day of the summer, could we just take it just as a, as a nice day? But finally, um, there is a story making the Times UK I should actually go home now and change because they're saying if you want to dress for the sun, the rules for women are different for the rules for men. Apparently, the Times UK say women, you don't have to revert to skimpy or sleeveless in the heat if you don't want to. You can choose any material, any cut of whatever you want to wear now that the sun is shining. Right. So it's do whatever you want if you're female. Meanwhile, men. I'm afraid the rules are not the same. Here's a list of do's and don'ts for the hot weather, uh, particularly if you're going to work. Swap your usual suit or jacket for a linen one. Only wear your tie if you absolutely have to. Wear socks. I never wear socks. Wear chinos. Keep t-shirts plain. Light colours only. The things that men should not do today going to work. Do not wear shorts or sandals. 
Do not wear a V-neck t-shirt. Do not wear a vest. Do not wear a short-sleeved shirt. What in the name of God is wrong with any of those? Maybe apart from the vest. Anyway, I've got shorts on, so I'm off home. I'll see you Monday. The number one talk show in Cork. If it's happening in Cork, Neil is talking about it. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Anyway, what did you make of the Varadkar uh, Doherty spat in the doll yesterday when things are falling down around our ears in every sense of the word in this country. That's the kind of carry on that's going on in Doyle. And some people might have found it entertaining, a bit of fun. I've never seen it get so personal. I don't think I've ever, ever seen it get so personal in my lifetime. Uh, and it just came out of the blue. Your thoughts are welcome on that text 0868104106. Today is a free food Friday, so you need to text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. And then we'll start some shout-outs across the morning, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool. You'll get a lash of starters and main courses and build your own desserts. It'll feed at least 15 of you. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106 and away we go. Meanwhile, let's get some fast calls on because we have some fun a little later on this morning. Patrick, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Uh, There was a video circulating yesterday of Diamond O'Quayla attempting to board um, one of the British Navy ships. Is that right? Yes, uh, I came across it online. I'm ringing from Tipperary, so greetings to all my friends and all my Corcorian, that beautiful county down it there. Was the, yeah, it was um, the HMS Enterprise. It was. Not it the was, Star yes. Trek one, incidentally. Not the Star Trek one. No, no, and he probably would have probably got a better reception from the Star Trek one. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed it online uh, last night, and I was just, I rang your show just to make an inquiry uh, as to why that ship is anchored there and why are the guys on board carrying live rounds of ammunition. That's what Damon O'Quayla wanted to ask them, incidentally. Yes. Yeah, but some people were saying that he could have been shot. He could he could have been, and sure, listen, we could all have been shot. What, like, uh, I, an innocent man going up asking a question is very unlikely to be shot. He was, he he was filming them, though. He was going up the gangplank with a film, with a camera and uh, a big, long correct, microphone. Correct. Yeah, very correct. I, I don't think that's a reason to get shot. Like we have news, we have news reports traveling to war zones all over the world, and they're part of press corps, and that doesn't mean they need to get shot. Uh, no, I, I'm not I, saying that he I, would I, have been. I'm just saying you go up against these naval guys and uh, military police on board navy ships who are these are submachine guns they carry. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, totally okay. I, we get all that, but the point is, what are they doing there? Like, what are they doing there, and why is our Department of Justice allowing armed naval ships to dock on any harbour in Ireland? Yeah, but American naval ships come in, French come in, uh, Canadian come in, UK ones come in. We don't, we've never had a problem, I don't know, are they carrying, do do they carry nuclear missiles or something? I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know that. And Dermot asked that question, and he was treated quite badly. So you just want to know what are they doing there in the first place? I want to know what they're doing, what they're doing, uh, flying the Union Jack, a British vessel, armed vessel, pulling up in any harbour in this country. They have no business being there, to be honest, as far as I'd be concerned. They might have pulled in, for, pet- they might have pulled in for petrol, maybe. Well, hardly with the price of it, I doubt it. But <laughs> we'll anyway, be coming to Ireland Dermot to fill up Dermot O'Callick, I, I, I don't know Dermot, but Dermot was right dead within his right to go and confront him and ask him why they were doing, what, what was their business there, and... 
I think people need to ring the Department of Defence and uh, ask why that ship was there. There must be a reason why it's actually there. Yeah, I wouldn't know definitively as to why um, the HMS Enterprise is there. Uh, it's, de- it's deemed to be a survey vessel. Um, trying to see if there was arms on board is just a bit, I don't know, it's dangerous. Well, it's it, confrontational. It, it, well, the guys, yes, the guys were armed. Well, listen, the brave fishermen went down and they confronted the Russians. And uh, it seems to be okay to confront the Russians, but every other ship that pulls up, oh, that's okay, we don't mind what you're carrying. Uh, you're welcome into our, our coastal wa- waters. Yeah. This is a neutral country. Those guys should not be there. Now, Simon Coveney is going around the world, meeting defence ministers all over the world, trying to pull NATO, in, or pull Ireland into NATO. It's a, fr- it's a friendly, it was a friendly visit. Uh, they also met up with the L.E. James Joyce, maybe at sea or something. Um, uh, yeah, and they, and I, 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 it was just a friendly really, visit, you know. I don't know. Well, we're, and we're apparently the L.E. James Joyce, which is our own naval ship, was docked in London. It's just just friendly. Yeah, but is our, 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 uh, does the British government, is the British government uh, aware as to the purpose of the Irish vessel in their waters? And uh, are our military, as small as it is, armed with submachine guns on the dock of the boat when they go into England? I would think so. I would hope that the Irish Navy are armed. I would very much hope so. That's part of their job. Like, we're friends with the Brits, aren't we, the British, aren't we? We're friends with no. the UK. We like them, don't we? You know, uh, no? I suppose we're still we're still suffering from uh, we're still suffering in a way of our mindset in this country. Regardless, you know what I mean. We're a nat- we're a, we're a neutral country, and regardless of what Simon Coveney is trying to do all over the world on okay. behalf of whoever he's trying to do it, it certainly isn't the Irish people. Okay, and uh, I I don't believe that he, uh, he has the best interests of the Irish people at heart. Okay, you know, listen, this program is all about giving people an opportunity to have their feelings aired and. That's yours. Yes, just for the record, well, Patrick, thank you for the call, but just for the record, we tried to contact Dermot O'Quayla and it was answered by somebody else who informed us that Dermot O'Quayla was arrested yesterday after the yes, incident well, yes. and he's That's due in court today. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, I wonder what the charge was like. Are people not allowed to walk along the docks in, in Cork anymore? I'd say so, but maybe not up a gangplank. Not, maybe not up a gangplank of a naval ship. I don't know. So I wonder what his charge, the charge against him is going to be. Is that that he invaded uh, British property of some sort? Wouldn't he have technically entered British sovereign territory when he walked upon the gangplank? Well, he would, but then if you go back and you look at other stuff, we have people down in Cork or in in Shannon Airport, Irish citizens, peace activists, who go on to the airport, which is Shannon Soil, which is Irish Soil, and they confront the Americans down that's there. True. They're no, that's, that is true. No, that is true. That is true. That is and true. They're actually st- they're still up in the courts. Actually, after five or six years, being dragged through the legal system in this country, wondering how they're going to reprimand them. No, fair play that's to you. Listen, if Dermot O'Quayla comes out of court this morning at some stage, and I'm still on the air, I'd be anxious to chat with him, see how he got on in court. Neil, Neil, these are Irish citizens who are peace activists. They don't mean any harm down in Shannon and they don't mean any harm in Cork. The one questions asked of our government as to what right. the hell is going on with all the military activity around okay. our I have a quick question for you because you sound to be um, a true lover of your country. Um, there was an Irish flag from the state car of Michael Collins was sold in auction in Belfast this week. This is the actual Irish tricolour that flew on Michael Collins' car, right? You know, his armoured car. I'm from, I'm from Tipperary. I couldn't be anything but. 
Go ahead. You couldn't be anything but what? But passionate about my country. Fair play to you. But the flag sold at auction, this is the flag from Michael Collins' car now, for €2,800. Do you think that that's a tiny amount of money? I do think it's a tiny amount of Wouldn't money. Wouldn't you yes. think it's short a zero or two, the flag from Michael Collins' car? I would imagine it, yes. I, 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 I certainly, uh, if I was willing and had the funds, I probably would have purchased it myself for a bit more, to be quite Don't honest. you think so? Uh, I would have thought so, Patrick, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so too, Nile. 2,800 euro. All right, my man, listen, yeah. thanks for the call. Thanks for the contribution. If Jim Aquila comes out of court at some stage, we'll have a chat with him and see how it goes. Let me just stay with this for a second. It's amazing how this program goes off in different tangents. Con? Hello, Neil Horting. Okay, do you, want to jump on, do you want to jump in on this? The video was shared live yesterday as Jim Aquila was trying to get on board the HMS Enterprise. Go ahead. All, all, um, ships, all ships are coming into any port, no matter where they're from, they're all armed. Now, what, what kind of armory they have is a different thing altogether because they're out doing uh, naval patrols out at sea and they have to be armed for them things. So anybody coming into port knows that every ship that comes in, there's always people on deck, there's Ash. always people on, on the gangway just to stop anybody coming on board that need, doesn't need to be on board. Oh, but I mean, we knew they were armed because there was two guys in army um, fatigues with submachine guns standing at the top of the gangway. We knew that. Quite I'm just, correct. Quite I'm just, correct. Yeah, so, I mean, that would be the same if somebody tried to get onto an Irish naval ship, wouldn't it? It'd be the exact same. You'll be stopped unless you have a, a special no, one. Uh, no, I, I know, I know. He wouldn't be. No, no one would be doing that to our own navy. But he was doing it because it was the British navy. But I suppose the question is: Would would it, would that naval ship that was docked in where was it? Was it down in the deep water? Was it down in Cove or where was it? Um, it was up in, up in up in the North Key. Oh, was it right up in the North Key? Okay, but yeah. would it have had nuclear weapons on board? No, you couldn't tell that neither. You wouldn't be able to answer that question. Does no one build the only ones to be able to answer that would be the Navy themselves. No, but would it not be a reasonable thing for a member of the Irish people to go up to the ship and ask them if they have nuclear weapons on board? I I don't think that they, you wouldn't be allowed anyway, number one. But I wouldn't think they'd be allowed in port with the nuclear weapons on board. Would they not? No, no. Okay. And how do you know that, Con? I used to be in the army, Neil. Okay. You know this is Carlos from Torco. What's that? This is Carlos from Torco. With the lights. You're break. Oh yeah, Con. How are you, pal? Not too bad, Neil. Fair play to you. Fair play to you. Okay, so all naval ships are armed. Absolutely, they would be. They'd be absolutely useless. They wouldn't get a kick and a stampede in a war if they didn't have arms on board the ships. Like in fairness. But as to whether as to whether it's reasonable for an Irish person to ask them why they're there in the first place. Do you think it's a reasonable question? They, they, they already requested to come to Ireland. Either, either our government asked them to come or they, they requested to come to and visit the same as we do when they, we go to the airport. Absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, they, yeah. Put in, they put in for a pass for to visit their cities. And that is exactly what happens. That's it, exactly. Okay, thanks, Con. Cheers for that. As I said to you, you can see the video yesterday, which was shared live, uh, just at the end, nearing the end of it. A member of the Garda Shikana was there and walked away with uh, Dermot O'Quela. So my understanding of that is that he was subsequently arrested when the video stopped and appears in court this morning. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Talk.
to Neil Prendeville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Okay, just very, very quickly, I just want to have a fast chat with uh, Steve because he's under pressure for time and we've been talking recently about a million people on waiting lists, of course, 100,000 of them children, many, many of them special needs. And then we have this spat in the doll yesterday, which is a million miles away from trying to solve the problems that our country is in the middle of between Varadkar and uh, and Doherty. And more on that in a few minutes' time. Steve, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Well, will you actually will you actually go blind uh, before you actually get this surgery that you're told won't happen until 2025? Uh, well, it, it it it's. I was told when I was at CUH uh, the other day because of the glycoma condition I have in November 20, uh, 20 when I was diagnosed. Um, uh, I I went back. You went just back recently. Last, Let, let's I, just cut I, to it. I went back. I went, yeah. Yeah, I went they, back last month, and, um, and I found the, the pressures in my eyes have gone up a little bit, even with the current treatment. Uh, the doctor himself was was quite concerned, and he said, "Look, we need to see you back here within two months to see has it changed, has it dropped." I said, "Look, if anything happens or if it stays as it is, what happens?" And he said, "Well, you would start losing." He said, "You've already lost some uh, percentage of the, the the qualities of vision." He said, "Over time, over about three to four years, you would go blind." It um, says here, "Without further treatment, I would lose my eyesight within three years." Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, you've been sitting so, since 2020 with ever decreasing eyesight that will be 100 percent gone within three years. You'll be blind. Um, and, you've, and you've been told at this stage that nothing will happen with regards to lists till 2027. Correct. Uh, I was asked to, to phone the... That's seven years, Steve. Uh, I know. Uh, last month I was told we need to see you back here within two months and if I wouldn't mind phoning the appointments office at the COH just because they were a little bit lackadaisical with regards, you know, uh, keeping everybody on a timetable. So I phoned them yesterday and, and they said, yes, uh, we have a three over 12, which is once every three months, I believe, that the system they have. And they said it'll be August. I said, great, just make sure, please, that there is a, a date within August to be seen. And he said for the August waiting list, it will be anything up to seven years before we see you. And which <laughs> I reversed, that makes no sense. I, it doesn't. And I, I said to him, um, are you telling me that I've sit my ass at home uh, for the next couple of years, losing eyesight nearly every day, and then maybe I'll, I'll uh, email you back in four years saying, look, sorry, it's too late. Well, I'm still waiting for an appointment to see a, a specialist in seven years' time. I see. You, you see, you'll be two years blind before you even get Correct. to anywhere near the top of a list for surgery. You'll have been blind for two years. And Correct. it would now, be irreversible it, blindness, won't it? What, what was absolutely flabbergasting, uh, flabber, it, it was during that conversation, uh, he basically was, was kind of saying, well, look, I would suggest you start heading to the north of Ireland to be looked after. Isn't that incredible? Well, well, in fairness to him, it's not of his doing, so he's just trying to give you a plan B. He is, he is, and certainly I've, I've started to look right across uh, all options. Um, the Northern Ireland Initiative, right, covers, yeah. this would be like in places like Kingsbridge, it covers cataract surgery. Mm. Is, is glaucoma deemed to be cataract surgery? I don't know. I'm, I'm not medically... Uh, it covers that, knee but, and uh, hip surgery, we know that. Kind of knee, yeah. knee hip and, and, and cataract, uh, varicose rain, veins and, you know, stuff like that. 
I mentioned it. It would be in the same category, certainly, but uh, I'm I'm not going to sit there uh, and uh, wait for for time to pass by. I I did email uh, the Taoiseach office yesterday, uh, laid out my plan, to, and asked him or his his uh, team to point me in the right direction. Who could I contact? Because um, I mean, I don't know. I'm lost with regard to next steps. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, I'm not taking this line down. Let's no, you need back. to. You need to get on to the cross border initiative. Yeah. You know, you really do. And and then you take yeah. out a little bit of. You take out a loan with, uh, say, a credit union or or whatever a bank, and you you pay for it. Then you come back, and the Department of Health, the HSE, refunds you the money for the surgery, and you pay back the loan with it. Do, can you follow that? No, I can. Do, yes, I can do that. And if you can't follow that, I can put you in touch with Michael Collins, TD, and he'll tell you exactly how to do it. Because you can't sit Perfect. around. You'll be two no. years blind before they do anything in this country. Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you, I mean, what's your vision like now on a, on a one to ten scale? It's not too bad. It's manageable. Um, I certainly have drops, but uh, apparently the, the pressures are still going up, even with the, the, the normal traditional medicine that you would take with it uh, or for it. Um, You're very calm about so it, in fairness to you. You're very rational about it. I'm trying not to kick and scream and curse because I'm an heir, but uh, I did that yesterday. <laughs> I can understand that someone will be seven years on a list and you'll be totally blind two years before you get to the top of it. I mean, it yeah. is a very, very sad indictment where we find ourselves. I, I'd give up on the Irish system if I were you, Steve. I really would. I travel north, and I. I think so. You I know? think so. Uh, it's just a shame that that the whole system is grinding to a halt, uh, and and people are blaming everything else by whatever they're doing in their own little areas of of duties. But uh, it's a mess. It is. Absolute, Here's what mess. you need to do. You need to Google cross border healthcare, which is Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland's cross-border healthcare initiative. You'll find all of the information that you'll need there. If you have any questions, do come back to us and we'll point you in the right direction. All right, Brian, take care. Very good. That's the state of it, lads. That's the state of where we're at. Meanwhile, in Dáil Éireann, of course, this is all that they can get up to. As you hosted a private dinner last night to celebrate Fine Gael's decade in power, the ESRI was finalising their report on energy poverty in this state as prices increase at the fastest rate in 40 years. Uh, Debbie, just first of all, I think think that was a cheap shot. Um, I hosted a dinner last night to thank colleagues for their years of service, and there was no public money involved. Um, you host dinners in America, you charge people a thousand dollars a plate to attend, and your party leader flies first class to get there. That's what you do in the middle of a, of a cost of living crisis, and I believe she's about to announce another first class trip to Australia. Uh, which we should be undertaking uh, in the next um, the next uh, um, uh, couple of weeks, where she'll be um, clinking champagne glasses with uh, the Trinity alumni in uh, Australia and uh, meeting the Australian Business Association. So that's a cheap shot, particularly coming from a hypocritical party like yours, a party that receives millions of donations from vagabonds uh, who live in a caravan, a party that is one of the biggest landlords in the state. That I want to do without interruption, please, uh, and uh, and a person who operates his constituency office using public money from some sort of Republican company. So cheap shots, particularly coming from you, um, should be seen as what they are from the Irish people. Your your opening gambit uh, just again explains how out of touch your government is. And I really thought somebody who 
in which the DPP is currently assessing whether they'll prosecute you under the Corruption Act, maybe you would be a bit more humble in relation to your response. The Deputy, I, th I think that was another cheap shot and a very and, and 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 a very personal shot, and it says a lot about you. It says a lot about you um, and the nature and the character of kind of person you are, and it's particularly strange coming from you because you were prosecuted. You abused, mistreated a guard of for that you were prosecuted, you were found guilty. Uh, yes, you got away without a conviction uh, because of your age at the time, but you were actually prosecuted, you were arrested. That's what happened to you. And in your party, there are a huge number of convicted criminals uh, in your party and in your wider Republican family, uh, whether that is tax dodgers like Slab Murphy, a good Republican according to Mary Lou MacDonald, a good Republican, a tax dodger, um, people who are convicted for uh, murder, um, we know what your party's attitude is to rape and paedophiles and what you've done in relation to that. So your, 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 cheap shots, your, cheap shots, your cheap shots say a lot more about you than they do about me. And it went on and on and on. You've got to wonder, though, are the needs of the Irish people of any importance to Irish politicians or is it more about their own selfish agenda to stay in power and to stay elected? Your thoughts on that from yesterday... Oh, welcome. Text 0868104106. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 0868104106. Gork's Red FM. Uh, yes, indeed. On the HMS Enterprise, the naval ship, it's there to help the Irish Navy with some training. I was for another one. Very, very surprised to see the boat with the Union Jack. I drove by. The guards were there and a group of protesters ran across the road. I presume there was trouble ahead. Uh, these armchair Republicans getting their knickers in a twist. The Irish and the British Navy worked together all of the time since the Treaty of 1921. Can Calm down, says Desi. HMS Enterprise is alleged to be a spy ship, uh, but fronts as a survey ship up in the Arctic waters where Russia has a passageway around the northern waters. So allegations that it's a spy ship. When the hell are the Irish nation going to stop this pointless hatred towards our English neighbours? I saw the video on Facebook and I'm glad he was arrested because he was acting the twat. Yes, they were armed, but doing no harm to anyone. The Irish nation needs to stop this vendetta now. And yes, before you ask, I am 100% Irish. Now, apparently the HMS Enterprise is armed. It has two cannons, it has three miniguns, and it has four general-purpose machine guns. Um, it is not a warship, uh, but it's a survey vessel, but it does have those light armaments on board, I'm told. For the record, the statement says, the this is not an official statement or anything, this is just a message from somebody in the know. The, for the record, the Irish ships in Hall Bolan are more heavily armed than the HMS Enterprise was. And only submarines in the UK Navy carry nuclear warheads. Surface vessels don't. So there you have it. Uh, text 0868104106. Meanwhile, with regards to uh, how the politicians behave in the doll, it was very interesting to see when a politician or a Taoiseach or a Minister for Health visits anywhere. The only thing they ever smell is fresh paint uh, or disinfectant when they go to a hospital. Um, you know, it must be the most common smell in their lives, I suppose, fresh paint. But Michal Martin, there's a text here saying, Michal Martin was at the St. Mary's campus at midday yesterday to parade around. But did you know the thousands were spent that day, the day before, on cleaners and gardeners to welcome him, while our kids suffer more and more. So there's another example, and I'm believing what the texter is telling me, of money being spent ahead of a state or an official visit to tidy and to clean things up. Thousands spent 
on the campus the day before his visit on cleaners and gardeners to welcome him while kids suffer more and more. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. A lot of response to yesterday with regards to the um, protest outside City Hall. In fact, with regards to that uh, City Hall protest, Michal Martin was going into an event in City Hall and I'm told that the catering uh, involved having to cater for 150 people at the event in City Hall plus all of the extra staff costs associated with it. And guess who's paying for that? Once again, plenty of money to spend on civil servants, but no money for services. I would like to know, I suppose, how much did the catering cost for the 150 people at the event on Wednesday, wasn't it, at City Hall that Micheál Martin attended? Anyway, text 0868104106. There are reams and reams of texts from people then who got in touch with regards to their own children with special needs. Uh, So many children being born now with autism and other problems. Um, Just listening to the topic on the protest, there's only one solution to this. A parent of a disabled child needs to get themselves elected to the doll. Um, Many more saying, I wanted to write this message to express my positive experience on our disability journey. I'm fully aware of the disgrace of our services for children with differences and the failings of the HSE. And this message is in no way excusing it or disagreeing with any of your callers. But uh, I wanted to share this because I sat crying in my kitchen listening to Dervla and yourself a few months back. I was so anxious. I was still waiting to see a team in Cork's Brother to Charities to alleviate the stress and anxiety of the unknown and the lack of support. Uh, we were seen for the first time in late April and six weeks later, we've already had our little boy assessed. And we will have his report this week. We've had two subsequent appointments. We've had positive experiences so far. So for people listening who are just beginning their journey, I wanted them to know that there is some positive experience too. Because I really thought, listening, that I'd be waiting years to get answers. To end this message, I just want to express the sadness I feel for all the families that are exhausted from their fights. The fact that we have this conversation at all and children's basic rights are just dismissed is unbelievable. I would say to all of them, particularly those starting out on the journey, to stay strong and keep fighting. So sad listening to the parents being interviewed by Neil yesterday morning. Our country and government are a joke. Where are they getting the money for everybody that they bring in or allow into the country when our own people are suffering so much? It's so sad, and it's only going from bad to worse. Unfortunate parents have to understand that Irish politicians care little, says another texter, about non-vote-getting Irish issues. The only way they could have got a positive reaction from Micheál Martin would have been to stage their protests in Brussels. It's no longer relevant in Ireland. At least, says Dennis, we have only three years left of this so-called government. Uh, One or two more. My son has never received services. He's 11. He was diagnosed when he was three. Never got anything. I had a couple of sessions with a speech therapist, but that was to teach me. Yeah, the parents are the teachers, you see. Uh, So the child now is 11 years old uh, and was diagnosed at the age of three. No intervention whatsoever. Uh, My daughter qualified with a master's in speech and language last year, but could not afford to stay to work in Ireland, paying rent and trying to live. The wages just wouldn't cover her life. She's now living and working in Belfast and loving it. It's a disgrace. We paid €40,000 to get her master's and no work in Ireland that she could stay to do. So there's a typical example of somebody who's trained in that area, highly trained and specialised to work in therapy in Ireland with children in speech and language, but couldn't stay in the Republic because of rent uh, and indeed low wages. So that really sums it up. That's the reason why we're short of staff. 
Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. To be fast call this side at 10 o'clock. Aiden, good morning. Oh, you're saying that the country's in ruins and they need to be booted out. Oh, yeah, booted out is the word for it. Not, not removed, booted out. How do you, as in literally go in and just drag them out, is it? Uh, well, there should be more sort of no confidence put towards the darling at the moment and, and have them removed from the government that, that way. You know, because it's, it's ridiculous what's going on here. Like, like the national debt in this country is a quarter of a trillion euros at the moment. Oh, my God, is that, that high? That's... That's that's fifty thousand euros for every man, woman, and child in this country. Now there's a population of five million people in this country, and two point three million only working in the country. So like fifty thousand now is actually accumulated to a hundred thousand for those that are working. Okay, to repay. Now, if people could repay a hundred euros a week, which they can't, that would take twenty years for the working population to repay. So. That, the even national debt. Years, the national debt. I, I remember when the national debt was about twenty five thousand per head. No, it's 50, nearly fifty thousand per head. That's every man, woman, and child in this country. So the national debt in the year two thousand was forty billion euros. We're now at nearly two hundred and forty billion euros. So it's accumulated nearly ten billion year on year for the last twenty years. But countries are always in debt, aren't they? They don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. It's just, you know, just the way it is. But I, like, how, how can the country survive if we're going further and further into debt every year? Do you know what I mean? America like, seems to survive. The UK seems to. And they're trillions in debt. Well, they're, they're a lot bigger scale than what we have. I know what you're saying. Yeah, you don't want to be in debt at all, really. You want to be able to have a positive bank balance, I well, suppose. It, like, it's, it's business men and women we should have running this country. Like, take, for example, Michael O'Leary, when he was asked to come to Ryanair to start out that company because it was in debt, he turned the company around on its head. And look at, it, look at it today. It's one of the super giants in Europe of an airline because he knew exactly what to do. What would he, he do have, first, do you think? Well, like, look, at, look at the way he turned it around. Go on, but tell like, me, let's say if it was a Michael O'Leary running the country single-handedly, which is a bit of a dictatorship, I suppose, what do you think he would do first? Well, simply, like, like first of all, you don't want to try and get, let's say, 5,000 euros off of... 100 people when you could get 50 euros off 100,000 people. Do you know what I'm saying? You, you reduce profit margins in it straight away. Like, it's like the petrol they're on the diesel at the moment. They're like nailing us for fuel. Like, if they were to drop that, people would drive around a little bit more. Do you know what I'm saying? So, he'd, so he'd, 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 he'd control prices. He'd put caps and freezes on various you prices. You can't, you yeah? can't just keep like, spiraling prices out of control. But like, we're not heading for a recession. We're heading for a depression. That's what we're heading for. We're possibly in the recession heading for a depression. Next. You know, it's, it's ridiculous, carry on. Now, you know, O'Leary's attitude there, like his profit margins are so small that he has no problem making money because he's filling his planes every day of the week. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like we, we have a country... No, I, 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 I have no issue at all with you saying that, that people involved in business and running successful businesses should have a role to play in running a country or indeed... Local government, you know, perhaps running City Hall. But, you, you know, we elect politicians. You say boot them out. You can't boot them out until the next general election. But God if, knows. If there's a motion of no confidence put in, they can be removed. They can't if, because the they'd be voting on it themselves, you see, Aidan. That's the problem. Yeah, well, it, 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 it's, a, it's a matter of getting them out now as quick as we can 
because the country is just going okay. down the So if that were Sinn Féin, what did you make of the Vardoc spat yesterday, Varad Kurndarvi? Is that what our taxpayers' money is paying for, to listen to them squabble over their checker past? Do you know what I mean? That's, that's ridiculous, like, Callahan. Like, they're more interested in having a jive with each other rather than sorting out the problems in this country. So the, the needs of the Irish people, that's the question I was asking, they're not as important as their own survival or their own selfish agendas. Oh, sure they, they don't care. They don't care about us down down along the ladder. They're only worried about themselves. And, and that we got we got an we got an example of that yesterday. You believe? Sure, guaranteed. And they, they made a public display of it, and just they just showed how foolish they were. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's 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 like two kids inside the schoolyard. You did this and you did that. Do you know what I mean? Ridiculous carry on over them. Okay, good stuff. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the sunshine today. Thank you, Aidan. Lots of text. Dimit Aquila is wasting our fresh air. To go onto a gangway of a private or commercial vessel constitutes trespass. Trying to get on board a naval vessel is another thing altogether. As in, I suppose, worse. Dimit is now going to waste even more state money by probably asking the case to be held in Irish. He's entitled to that. And then get more state aid again with free legal aid. And of course, a Navy ship is carrying ammunition when entering of course it is when entering a foreign port now it's one or two more if the British warship wasn't armed it would be a yacht well it'd be a kind of a, a motor cruiser wouldn't it uh, HMS Enterprise has cannons which are a deterrent to pirates and about as much use as water bombs against a boat with actual guns thank you for that here's just a quick clip of yesterday's uh, incident with Dimit O'Quela on the keys of Cork and the HMS Enterprise now we're going to see can we speak to the captain on this ship? Agus, Colin Keshtorta, Ken Far Willard and so Agus, Cod Quigga and Torres Ahoko. So, being in that hall. We'd like, well, Captain and ship on Long and Sawyer Fall that hall. Is your captain aboard? I will captain for. I will captain for Long and Sawyer Fall. Is your, is your captain on board, please? Can we speak to somebody who's in charge of this vessel, please? We can't. You're in our country, buddy. You're in our country. You're tied up to our key. You should get off out of here, where the rest of you have been driven out of our country long ago. Who's in charge of this ship? I'd like to speak with them, please. I'm a reporter, by the way, doing reports on this. Jeez, I have a simple question now. If you hand me, I will regard it as an act of aggression, right? And I will respond, okay? That's just 60 seconds of it. It was longer than that. Um, I was kind of disturbed watching it when he was asking the questions of the British naval officer in Irish. Uh, thankfully, then, he translated and asked him in English, so at least the man could understand him. At one stage, I think somebody on board the ship said that you're on British sovereign territory, but that's about 60 seconds of yesterday. Dermot O'Quela is before the courts this morning. We watched that one with interest. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. There's a couple of funny ones I saw there this morning. This fellow posted online. I told my boss that three companies are after me, so I need a pay rise. He asked me which three companies they were. Was it gas, electric, or water? (laughs) 
Another person says online this morning, I guess they work in a hotel somewhere. The things you have to put up with with guests staying in hotel bedrooms. 10 years, 10 years working here. And today a guest has complained that they have to keep the window shut during the night because the sea makes too much noise. (laughs) You pay extra money to get a sea view, you know. You would pay extra money to hear the sea lapping outside your hotel or guest house window, wouldn't you? Well, apparently not everybody. Wouldn't you love to know where that, that guest was from? What country? Or what county, for that matter. Anyway, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. And it's a free food Friday today. Courtesy of yourselves and Roosters Piri Piri. Douglas and Blackpool, what will you win? Well, you'll get a big selection of starters. Chicken wings, chicken skewers, beef skewers. The main event then includes chicken wraps, chicken pittas, and beef burgers. And you got the Piri Piri sauce. you got the Piri salted fries. you got the rice. they got the new side, which is the waffle fries. All of the piri mayo and your garlic piri mayo and then for dessert you can build your own cheesecake and add your own toppings so that's all courtesy of ourselves and roosters piri piri in douglas and blackpool if you're getting some food out uh, over the weekend then that's a great choice roosters piri piri so text who you are and where you are to 086 8104 we'll pick a winner at around about 10 minutes to midday first batch of shout outs Lunch, please, for the amazing team at the Irish Guide Dogs for the Blind on the Model Farm Road. Kilsarin Quarries and Ovens are listening. Morning to all. Loading stone on site. Haven Bay Nursing Home. Uh, everybody at the Baldy Barbers in Blackpool. Lehan Motors. Zoo Cars Little Island. O'Shea's Coal on Rutland Street. Family Business. Morning to Margaret. Castle Pharmacy and Castle Martyr. The Girls in Boots on Half Moon Street. All Round Beauty, Beauty even in Mayfield. Joe's Edge Hair Salon in Blarney. Bar One Racing on the Evergreen. Road uh, because all the staff are very kind and keep me winning, keep me winning the lotto or keep me from winning the lotto. Countrywide Drains, Bridgewater Homes in Rathcormac, Blackwall, Blockwall Developments in Ballinglana, the SNAs in Ballygarvan National School, just a few more, the Alzheimer's Society in Besborough and Black Rock, Maxall in Douglas because we love seeing you coming into the shop, Neil, and it would be a treat for the staff working today. Actually, I can tell you one thing the, the takeout food, particularly the sandwiches, in my local garage in Maxall, absolutely fantastic. The Millennium Hair Clinic in Blackpool, Oliver Hayes Gardening Services, Clodera, Morning Laura, who's just back to the office now in the last few weeks. She worked from home for the last two years. Cheeky Cherubs in Bishopstown, and finally for now, Rockwell Engineering in Ringeskiddy. So keep those, those uh, shout-outs coming. Text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 And we'll do the next blast of shout-outs in about half an hour's time. Okay, we've got a lot of giveaways this morning. More on that in a few minutes' time, but I want to stay with phone calls for now. Finbar, good morning. Hello. Can you hear me Okay. I can hear you, yes. Okay, just picking up on Michal Martin's trip to Cork there on Wednesday and yesterday. Go ahead. But, but before I start, I think you're on the wrong part of, part of, on the, wrong part of the city because we'll be on the north side. The sun is splitting the stones. <laughs> I hope Lan O'Connor, I hope Lan O'Connor heard that the sun is splitting the stones on the north side. No, so I tell her come up where she probably wouldn't be. She didn't wear it as A lot of those sorries couldn't couldn't get across Patrick's Bridge in Offimber. They would not know. They would they'd be lost sat nav after that. <laughs> they would be on Google Maps trying to find they Shandon. Would <laughs> They've been going after that, Shannon. They can see Shannon outside and forget about what it's you, know you know that there's a brand new walking tour around the Shandon area. It's a guided audio tour. It's fantastic. You download it onto your phone and you walk around the north side. It's fabulous. 
No, but I mean for people from the south side. <laughs> oh, the south side. Sure, they wouldn't even venture up here. They're still, they're still afraid to come up to the north side. I'll tell there. you something, boy. The north side humour beats any humour I've ever come yeah, across. Yeah, sure, you can't be it. Sure you, you can't, can't boy. You can't, you can't, you can't. Anyway, to but more serious matters. Yeah. Yeah. I just only inquiring about him there. I don't know. I hope he wasn't going up to see a doctor there yesterday or the day before when he was up there. Up in St. Mary's? Yeah, they nah, look, he was not. I hope he didn't get he didn't get sick or anything. Otherwise, he would have been crazy sunstroke. If he was going to see a doctor, he'd have some chance. Apparently, they spent thousands cleaning the place up ahead of his visit. They did, of course. They did, of course. No problem. Should have found it. They found the cleaners. They found the gardeners. It was like, no, the calling, no, the calling the other days on television, or yeah. they this thing. On the ice. And, and you have the two fellas in front, and they start to clean the brush, the brush, brush and brush. Yeah. Yeah. That's it was yesterday, 25th year, another one, the colleague in front, and they clean the other in front, two brushes there. Are you right there, Michael? <laughs> You're right there, Michael. You fall over the grass, grass I know, but seriously, I mean, it is gone to hell, like, in fairness. Well, it really is. But I see there's a lot of people uh, phoning up there. To, uh, above the, the, and next we hear that there's no doctor available at the moment. Give us your name and we'll phone you back later. You could be there on the end of a phone and there might be no phone call. I actually and have an not, interesting text. I might get a call out of it where a woman did just that. Phone South Doc for her child. Got a phone call back in the early hours of the morning and the doctor diagnosed and gave the prescription over the phone. Diagnosed the child over the phone. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 so you'll have to be looking at the, at the doctor in front of you and, and, and look at the way they're, they're talking to you. You'll take it from there. You know the way they're talking to you, what kind of child is. Well, you can remember expression. the days when things worked that way, of course. You know. Uh, but I'm saying when they were above in Hellview Road, they were damn glad that the army just up above there. Yeah. Jesus Christ, they couldn't do enough. Yeah. And since they went down there, it's like they got up in the, 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 the high nilly and... They went elsewhere, and there seems to be doing better elsewhere. Well, we go up there, so they're grand, so they're, 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 they're last of the list. Forgotten about, yeah, forgotten, forgotten about. Forgotten about, is it? That's where it's happening, that's where it's going, and, and there's a lot of people around the area feel the same way, because anyone you talk to, they're getting the same thing, and who's answering the phones above there? They're not doctors, or they're not nurses, nurses, they're only secretaries. I know what you're saying, boy. I hate to be the person that shares the negative news, but it has to be told, you know, it really does. Oh, it has to be told, exactly, exactly, because you love to hear it out in the street. All right, bye. You just hear it for everyone to hear, and as Mikey, I hope Mikey's all right, is he? He's fine, he's grand, there'll be no fear of him. Because he's been lost to see about North, he's not a fellow, he hasn't clue with North, he does either, I say. 25th gentleman down to the West End, I can't bitch for him, I say, and brought him up. You to pick him up at the Northgate Bridge, is it? Show him the way. He's his buddy old Shannon. Terry? Terry Shannon, is it? Yeah. I know, I mean, let's not overly personalise it. I mean, it is very serious. And they do seem... What did you think of that row in the doll yesterday? Did you hear it? i tell you something, if I know. He's after going to an all-time loan of... What's his name, Varako? He's losing the plot now and losing the losing the game. But hold on a second now. It was it was Pierce Doherty started that about the DPP investigation into Varadkar leaking a document. Um, was so it, was, I, was it not fair for Varadkar to say? But hang on a second. You know, you you actually were arrested for assaulting a cop. You know. But I was wrong. Over 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 the years, 
That was all wrong. Okay, 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 okay. But, but I'm saying, where's it gone? Where's it gone? Oh, it's gone. I'm out to forget. Would you help me poker now again? <laughs> go on, have Jesus a cup of tea. Stay in touch. Call again soon. On a very serious note, though, um, got an interesting email in this morning saying that last night in, the, in Cork, there was just one ambulance covering all the way from Kinsale through Cork City all the way down to Dungarvan. One ambulance covering all the way from Kinsale through Cork City all the way east to Dungarvan. The Kinsale Road base, which would usually have three ambulances available, was down to one. Now, I thought that was astonishing when I read that at the best of times there'd only be three. But yesterday there was only one. Uh, We contacted the HSC um, in, in, with response to this but this is um, some information that I actually received from an HSC member and it gave me, showed me evidence that the bases in Fromoy, Mallow, Kenturk and uh, Yall were short staffed while the Middleton ambulance was actually dispatched away to Waterford um, moreover from Clonakilty all the way to Waterford including right through Cork City and North Cork there was no advanced life support available for patients None yesterday. That means that there was no paramedic qualified to dispense morphine, adrenaline or any advanced immediate cardiac support apart from a defibrillator to patients in need. That's how bad it was yesterday. Now crews from across the county as well as Limerick because they anticipated that it was going to be bad yesterday. So crews across the county as well as Limerick were offered overtime shifts to cover staff shortages um, and they were being offered overtime to work from their own base but to travel to cover other calls like city calls if possible and more concerningly intermediate care operatives and their main job is to transport stable patients from one facility to another so they're intermediate care operatives they were also being asked to do overtime shifts to cover paramedic staff now that's alarming They would have intermediate care operatives being asked to do overtime to cover paramedic staff. That means that intermediate care operatives who receive four weeks training are now being asked to give care in crisis situations. That's really now a a, a very accurate example of how bad things are. So they're being asked to cover the work of paramedics. Paramedics receive three years training, incidentally. So that's how desperate things have become. And that's just from yesterday alone. So um, with that in mind, then, we got in touch with uh, the director of the NAS within the HSC, which is the National Ambulance Service. And we asked them to respond to that. And they said the National Ambulance Service is currently experiencing a high demand for 999 services for patients with immediately life-threatening injuries and illnesses. And every day they deploy up to 180 emergency ambulances, 22 rapid response vehicles and an excess of 50 officers in response vehicles. So... These are the stats and the staff, they say, work incredibly hard to deliver emergency services in the community and we thank them for their efforts. They say they work on a national basis and they mobilize mobilize responses to calls based on patients' needs. This is quite a lengthy response and with all due respect to the response that I got, it really didn't address the problems that we had. Uh, So we went back and we said, um, perhaps the questions weren't specific enough. And we said, for the past three night shifts, um, how many ambulances were staffed? How many working crews have been made available for dispatch? Particularly, say, for instance, across Cork City. How many were available for bases across the county? Kenturk, McCroom, Fromoy, Mallow, Mill Street, Middleton and Yall. Um, you know, um, 
have the intermediate care operatives, operatives being asked to cover for paramedics because of the staff shortages? Uh, those questions remained unanswered. But that's where we're at with regards to ambulance cover. And again, everything gets back to a shortage of staff. So the shortages of staff, and that's compounded then when staff call in sick. Text 0868104106 back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Okay, a lot on this morning. Fridays are very busy, certainly with regards to giveaways today. I want to say a special thank you to the Oriel House Hotel. If you're getting married or thinking of picking a wedding venue, that there's a summer wedding fair on at the Oriel House Hotel this Sunday afternoon. Okay, so that's where you need to be. It showcases everything they have. It'll be this Sunday from midday to five o'clock and you'll meet the dedicated wedding team. There'll be Prosecco and Canapes um, and uh, you can get further details at arielhousehotel.ie but the wedding showcase is this Sunday from midday to five. So they've given me a five-star overnight stay to give away. The rest of the lads are giving them away as well. So it's a five-star overnight stay and just for a laugh because we all need a bit of a laugh. The weather's on our side, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, and also, let's see if we can have a bit of a laugh across the morning. Also, there's enough doom and gloom. So, sometime between now and midday, I will play this again. Uh, and if you're getting married and are thinking about a hotel venue, uh, off you go to the wedding fair. And for everybody else and those who are planning to get married as well, a five-star overnight stay will be one. If you can identify, okay, this was a big hit, uh, but I'm not playing the hit. I'm playing a version of it uh, played on a church organ. <laughs> I know, it's Friday. I love it. So this is the piece played in a church organ. You need to identify the band and the title of the song. (laughs) You also have to identify the church and the organ player. I robbed your joke, Seamus. Thank you. <laughs> so we want the name of the song, right? the band, the church, and the organ player. <laughs> Not really. Just the song and the band will do just fine. <laughs> if you happen to know the other two, I give you a fortnight in the Oriel House Hotel. <laughs> I give you the bridal suite for the rest of your life. Anyway, that's when I play it again sometime between now and um, let's say half past 11 this morning. Uh, meanwhile, I need to get serious again. Tony, good morning. Hello, Neil. Okay, so oh, yeah. I, I read out some yeah. stats there on ambulance covering Cork there yesterday. One ambulance covering all the way from Kinsale through Cork City to Dungarvan. One, right? Yeah. Well, I tell you what my predicament is now. I was coming over to my house there, right? Uh, up by St. Bells there uh, last uh, Tuesday. Douglas Road. Right? Yeah, Douglas Road. Yeah, and there was... Uh, one of the lads coming out of the Meridone Clinic above, you know, you get to know him there when you walk. The little clinic there at the entrance, yeah, yeah, you know him. That's right, yeah, right? And uh, there was a fellow there, and he he decided that, uh, you know, the weather was good and what he got, he'd lay down the road, like about 25 to 30 years of age, down on the footpath, so people couldn't pass him. So they were trying to get him up anyway, like that, so, yeah, I knew him to see, like, so that was all right. I went away with the kids for a... And all the sorts of the park, the more park. And when I came back after, there's an ambulance pulled up. Right, that was five o'clock. Right, the incident happened around quarter past three, half past three. He lay down in the footpath <laughs> at a quarter past three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I came back in. Well, like I said, with the kids, they had been in the park around five o'clock, and two big men 
Bugün ben perde diğimle zorunda tapasıldım orunda kim zorunda sahmiyle tekin stafa orada kim de said you didn't see a half dead man there around and I said that half dead man also said he's had to pick himself up says I and taken off I said. Well, the data rolls and walked off. Yeah, okay. He's a misfortune, the poor devil. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they turned around anyway, and they said to me, "You're a member of the public." And they said, "Would you believe where we got a call? We got a call that there's a man right half dead on the side of the road above in High Street. They came all the way up from Bantry." Say that again, Tony. They came all the way up from Bantry. Yeah, I mean, like, that's insane. That's just, that's just so depressing. They were there and they were cutting their mouth and their teeth and they said, would you ever think that like? And they showed me their, their, their other little question back. For them to be showing you where they came from and chatting you in a very exasperated manner just goes to show how yeah. frustrated paramedics must be. Yeah, yeah, they were, of course. They were saying, look, I know, we get a lot of it, but I mean, Jesus, say, this is not on the rally, you know what I mean? So do they you then know? drive back to Bantry after right. that? Yep, yeah, get nothing, they came up, they came up with nothing, and they, and they went away with nothing. Yeah. Oh God almighty. They just did, like, hell no. But sorry, I, I, I saw myself there, and I was job there, and neighbor of mine, it's on the spot, city. He came out of a, a, a shop in there at uh, 2 o'clock last uh, Monday. Yeah. Last Monday. Uh, and uh, he, he crossed the road by the, by the church below in Christ the King's house. And he got a file. A man about nearly a year. See, he got a file. Anyway, the traffic was there. Anyway, on one side like that, and the people covered with blankets waiting for an ambulance. How long would you think he was waiting for the ambulance? He was waiting from 2 o'clock up to 20 past 3 because I was picking up the grandchild. And was he lying on the, was he lying on the road? On the, on the middle of the road, there wasn't a girl there. There wasn't an ambulance there. That was an hour and a half. Right? Seeing is believing. Yeah, right? yeah. You could go yeah. on. You could go on and on and on. So you don't forget knocked down then. Right? This, the Friday before that, I like an ambulance chaser. Right? And he got knocked off. By the end of high street, he got knocked off his bike. Right? At 11 o'clock at night. And they were waiting for an ambulance until half past two. Two people, 85 years of age, husband and wife, looking after that chap. So where are you going, Mike? You don't know where you're going because we only had a typical day yesterday. It was one ambulance covering from Kinsale to Dungarvan and including the city. Um, And a lot of it has to do, firstly, they're chronically short of staff. And then on top of that, if people call in sick, they go into real crisis mode and you need two inside in the ambulance. So if there's one sick as part of the two-person crew, that ambulance is then off the road. But yeah. like, you know, the poor well, misfortune, he, he obviously got his methadone and he's in a bad way and he's trying to kick heroin. You, um, so, you see it all the time. I but, see it every day of the week, five days of the week. I'm looking at it for years. They're not top years. Like, but if, let's say, some member of the public call, you have a, of course you do, you're living on the Douglas Road, you, you see it. But if a member of the public sees somebody flaked out on the footpath, they, they might have thought that he had a fall and that there might have been a head wound. So they'd call an ambulance, you see. But like, and that's fine if the ambulance is coming from the Kinsale Road. Yeah, that's not camp, my friend. Battery. 
Unbelievable. Yeah, All right, you're you're straight yeah, to the yeah. point. Thanks for sharing, Tony. Yeah. Thank you. Much obliged. No, Stay no, in touch. Take care. All right. Take care. Why did don't the HSC go back to the ambulance driver being first aid and assist the paramedic? This would double up our ambulances. Thanks for that text. Morning. Two army tanks just passed me on the Cork Road heading towards Mallow. And I mean, the tanks were actually driving at speed on the road, not being transported. Just wondering, does anyone know why they're heading? Well, they're possibly heading to Kilworth, maybe. I just why they're heading at high speed. Just talking about things on the road. It was very, it was very interesting this morning in traffic. Around about 20 minutes to 8 this morning. Uh, on the Douglas Road. I don't mean to overly identify, I won't give any details of the people involved, but I'm in a lane of traffic heading down into Douglas to hook right to go and hit the flyover and head west and come out here to the radio station. And lo and behold, right in front of me, there's this um, young woman on an e-scooter, right? She's up in the, in the lane of traffic ahead of me. And she's got her back sack on her and uh, she's right in the middle of the lane of traffic. And whatever way I look, I look across at the guy in the lane next to me and he's shaking his head. And he's pointing his hand like, uh, you know, you know, the way Jesus would put his hand out to the disciples. That's what he's doing to me, hand out and just saying, look, can you believe what you're seeing? An e-scooter in the lane of traffic in, you know, drive time morning traffic. So I just smiled and kind of half laughed and I said, no, you couldn't. I was, you know, you, you couldn't make this up. Um, but I just looked at the e-scooter in the lane of traffic and it looked so vulnerable because it's such a tiny little thing. And I couldn't help but think, you know, if you want to be on an e-scooter in a lane of traffic with a car in front of you and a car behind you, wouldn't you think at least you might have a helmet on? Now, I know people will be roaring and screaming, helmets do more damage than not. In the event of an accident, the helmet can do a lot. I know, but you would think that there are helmets now that would protect your head safely. But there wasn't any helmet. But what, what really compounded it to me was that when the traffic lights changed to green and the cars moved off and the e-scooter moved off, <coughs> it was at that stage she realised that she was in the wrong lane. She was in the lane to turn right, to head down across um, Douglas Shopping Centre and off out onto the slip. And of course, there's no indicators or anything. So at the very last minute, she decides then to skip lanes. And that's where the problem would be, I think, for an e-scooter, you know, because they're powerful little things that they would zip across into the lane and literally get a smack of the car coming up behind them in the lane that they're trying to get into. And it just looks so dangerous to me. And I imagine we're going to see lots more of that going forward. And of course, the grey area here is that I don't believe any actual law was broken in that scenario that I described this morning. Um, and, and I'm kind of, I'm cool with people getting on with their lives and doing whatever they wish to do. But even for me, and you know, a kind of a fairly lazy affair approach to most things, it just looked wrong to me and it looked really dangerous. Anyway, my thoughts, share yours, text 0868104106. Donald, good morning. Hello. Just turn your radio down there if you don't mind. Is it anywhere near you? Right. Okay. No Thank problem. You. No okay. problem. Radio's down, guys. Okay, because I get feedback. Appreciate it. Anyway, go Hello, for it. Don't. You're, you're, you're a bit faint, but I'm still hearing I'll sh- you. I'll shout, but I'm, I'm more interested in hearing you oh, rather than you hearing me. I mean, shout, because shouting is now popular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, it's the minority well, are doing the shouting. The majority are very quiet, but go on. The other side that particular kind is that number one, I have to say it, I have to say it number one, is that you're, you're quite a remarkable man. Um, doing the best you can in a society that's turned to crap. Oh, oh I t- I'll take that as some kind of a compliment. Thank you. It is, well, it's meant as a compliment to you. Thank meant you. Meant as a compliment. Thank you. Thank now, the other side that particular kind, uh, I, what I'm going to be saying to you know, is controversial. So I apologize in the start. And okay. I'll say one thing, okay. is that I am not a racist. 
I say that in the snap. I am not a racist. No, Michael D. Higgins came out about the, about the um, the provision of accommodation in this country and said it was a shambles. It is a shambles. No. Number two. No, just on we, Michael D. Just on Michael D. If you don't mind, yes. I have another listener who would rebut that, and this is a text I received. And the texter said, because you brought up Michael D. The texter said, "Isn't it a bit rich of Michael D. Higgins to talk about housing when he lives in a ninety-room mansion, draws two hundred and fifty thousand euro a year, and is driven round in a gas-guzzling BMW? He's also a landlord of a house in Galway, getting rent. His Labour Party did nothing." for homelessness when they came into power in 2011. Doesn't it make people like that hypocrites? So there's right, somebody else more, thinks of what more, the president right. had to say. Right. Yeah. Michael D. Higgins has been elected to the position of president by the people of Ireland. And apparently he ended up getting a million votes. Oh, no. Now we can do this one. Sorry? Go, all right, go on. I'll shut up. We can do this one way or we can do it the other way. We can do it by dictatorship or democracy. I really don't mind which we do. But we're actually heading in, we're actually heading, heading in the direction of mayhem by, by the autumn but of just, Christmas in this country. I'll come back to the mayhem in a second, but when there was a call out for people to take in Ukrainian refugees, did um, Orison Ukteron open any of the 90 room mansion? I don't actually know. I, I don't actually know either, and I'm open to correction if Michael... But D. I would actually it. interject and say that we can't... No disrespect, no disrespect to the people from the Ukraine or any other part of the world. We can't house the world because we can't afford to house the world. We're 220 billion euro in debt. Mm. Mm. Right? Yeah. And at the rate we're going... We won't be able to get money anywhere. Interest rates are starting to go up for the first time in, what is it, 10 years. You, are, you so we need to be very careful Yeah. Now. So then, therefore, you are predicting social unrest on the streets. And I'm not the only one. I have a network of people I talk to once, once a fortnight. Okay. Right? Okay. No uh, disrespect to radio station or anything else like that. Anything else like that. Because the media in this country at the moment, and there's no disrespect to yourself, no, you're only kind of reporting what's going on, Trying or whatever to, yeah. the case may be. Yeah. But it's all heartbreaking, it's all negative, and that is why we've switched off. You have a point. You have a point there. I mean, I've, I I wouldn't say I've sleepless nights over that, but I dwell on that a lot as to whether negativity turns people off radio. I, it I does. Wonder, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it does. Yeah. And I would think, generally speaking, you're very good at what you do. You're a very good man at what you okay, do. Okay, so maybe I should just live in a in a sugar coated world where everything's well, happy. Well, exactly yeah, right. I know that. Well, I still said the car. I know, and you know that, and I know that. I mean, this country, this country, the one. I'm. I, we need to close the immigration situation for a minimum of five years and apologize to the world for doing so. Right? Right. And the group There's that you talk to once a fortnight, you're not, the, the group that you talk with once a, for, once a fortnight, you're not a bunch of revolutionaries or anarchists or anything like that, are you? No, yeah, no, no, no. no. Okay. Okay. Yeah, people that have, some of them have, have lived abroad. Okay. One man particularly, one man has lived in South Africa. Yeah. For a number uh, of 20 years before he came back to this no, country. No, okay, you're just like-minded people who have opinions and worries about the future, okay. Yeah, 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 well, I mean, the thing about it is that, you know, like, interest rates are going up, right? <clears throat> you have the climate change thing, 
you have um, and all a of our of problems. Other all of our problems will be stopped by closing the border, will they, Donald? No, 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 no. It's one aspect of the equation. Yeah, yeah. It's only one aspect of it. Yeah, people I fleeing mean, we, people is, fleeing war and having to oh, leave I, their bombed out homes. I know they're they fleeing war, they but sure, we have a certain percentage. We have a certain percentage of people taken in. Yeah. This yeah. is a small, tiny country of five million people. Yeah. Yeah. Where are we going to put them? We have, as it stands at the moment, we have Irish who are inside in, 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 in rented accommodation for the last 10 years on the housing list. Something has to give, like. I'm sure you may accept that, like. Would we not be deemed as the cruelest country in the world? I'm oh, sure you have to, to be cruel to be kind at times. To close, its, yeah, to close its borders to people in need and want. I mean, how would the world well, sure, we're we all, care? We're, the Irish are in need and want as well. We're all in need and want, like, mm, mm. you know, and as, as some people have said, this, look after the Irish first, which is a fair point. But of course, we're a multicultural society now. Yeah, but those that, we, those that we helped that came in, say, recently, it's only a tiny little drop in the ocean of our problem. Tiny. Our problems are much, it's only our a problems tiny are little much drop bigger than... Five or ten thousand Ukrainians. Throughout the society, we have problems everywhere, but we have got to we have got to try and stop something for some amount of time. See, will this country come out of the gutter? Because it is not alone is it in the gutter, but it's going down further in the gutter. When when was Ireland at its finest? Possibly in the sixties, maybe. Why? Sorry, why? Yeah. Because the world was out there and we had it at arm's length. We were agricultural people. We, 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 we lived on the land and I suppose to a certain extent we still live on the land, you know. But um, the, 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 like, a, lot of, a lot of this is external to today. The, 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 war and the, uh, the war that's out there in Europe is, is, is having a huge effect on, um, I suppose, the world really. Because there's things happening that we can't, we can't, we can't, have, we can't uh, affect. Mm, mm. I mean, food prices are going up. We can't, we can't, we can't do much about that at the moment. So for right? you, the, for, for you, the '60s was the finest decade of all. Well, I, well, I was only a kid then, like. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, I, unfortunately, as it ends at the moment, I'm kind of half ashamed to be Irish. But I think this country potentially. Has potentially can be fixed. I mean, if it isn't my, I'm sixty-seven years of age, and you know what? To the uh, to the young people, will fix it, and they'll fix it on the streets. That's where they'll fix it. What does that mean, though? Fix it on the streets. What does because that mean? Social breakdown at the rate is going. Uh, that would be anarchy yeah. and uh, rioting. Well, and I mean, loo- anarchy, rioting, anyway, looting, like. burning. Well, you can measure, you know, these are the young people are highly are highly educated today in in reference to what it was. 20, 20, 30 years ago. Right. Okay. All right. right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they, they, what's the point of going to the, trying to get into the UK? So that man is that man is, is is not the full shilling inside there at all. Well, he's doing what so you're suggesting. Can they get into Australia? He's doing I what, doubt it. Yeah. Well, you can get to Australia. Yeah, you can. And lots are. Well, okay. Good for them. They're lucky. Right. No, this country is not finished yet. But if we keep going the way we are going, we will finish it.
Okay, my man, let me get some more calls. Thank you for your, t- your time. Thank you for your text. Thank you for your coming on the air. Text 0868104106. Thank you, Donald. Pick up the phone on 0818104106 if you want to get involved. Meanwhile, it's still Free Food Friday and will be until 10 minutes to midday. So you need to text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. We'll do some more shout-outs in, in about 15 minutes' time and then we'll pick a winner in an hour. So text who you are and where you are. Big selection of food. This will feed at least 15 of you. Starters, main course and dessert. So text who you are and where you are. 0868104106. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. Just a fast one here. Long time listener. Perhaps you can give a shout out to my sister who was holding an open garden day in her garden, beautiful garden uh, on Sunday from 2 to 6 in aid of Marymount. Apparently she's put her heart and soul into this Marymount. Holds a very special place in their hearts. It's uh, in Mallow. And Anne Lawley got in touch with me about her sister and if you're in the area on Sunday 2 to 6 in aid of Marymount the air code to go to the open garden day is P51D21D P51D21D talking about it almost sounds like a seat number doesn't it but I do have lots of things to give away that are seat number related now sometime between now and midday today I will play a Harry Styles song okay when you hear it uh, caller 21 we're going to use caller 21 for this uh, we'll win two tickets for Harry Styles in Dublin. The gig is next Wednesday, right? You got to get your own way up there and back. I can't help you with that. I don't have hotel accommodation. Just two tickets for the Harry Styles gig, Love on Tour. So that's between now and midday today when you hear a Harry Styles song. But right now, our phone lines are open for your opportunity to get yourself over to Musgrave Park tomorrow for the David Gray gig at Musgrave Park. Caller 9-0818-104-106. Two tickets for David Gray at Musgrave Park tomorrow. Get dialing for that. The White Ladder 20th Anniversary Tour, 0818-104-106. Do you remember yesterday, I ran out of time yesterday, just quickly this side of of 11 o'clock. We are talking with uh, parents of children on the autism spectrum. We dealt with lots of different aspects of it. Do you remember we were chatting with some parents who were talking about meltdowns in public? I just want to deal with this. Going to a supermarket, a shopping mall, going into a restaurant, getting tut-tuts. One woman said that a man came up to the playground and said, you need, you need to take your son home. He's misbehaving. Not understanding what was going on with the child who was autism uh, and also, you know, can you know, be loud or maybe a little bit noisy or like the sound of banging metal. So that's heartbreaking for a parent. But I was wondering then yesterday, were there restaurants actually that are very uh, autistic friendly in the sense of, you know, very welcoming and, and actually cater for families who have a child on the spectrum but who still want to go out and eat as a family. And I knew that there was one because I've been talking to the owner of the restaurant in the past, Shane Spillane, a buddy of mine. He's got O'Connor's Seafood Bar and Restaurant in Bantry and I just wondered how he did it. And he joins me quickly by phone. Shane, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm great. I wish I had more time to chat and catch up with you, pal, but explain to us how you do it and why. Uh, so uh, we came up with the idea. We have a, an autism-friendly section in the restaurant at the wall. We call it Leighton's Lounge. Um, it's for our son. He's four years old and uh, he has ASD. So he he used to have meltdowns going into restaurants. He he hated it. So as as being restaurant owners, myself and my wife, we just we thought, you know what? Let's be progressive and make it and make a safe space for kids with autism or, or needs you know so that that's where the the idea came from okay it's a, it's a big restaurant it's got front and back it's quite big actually and goes around a corner and there's even more how, like how does it work so just for people who might want to go with a child on the spectrum or with maybe maybe you know learning difficulties or whatever that might kick off how would it work 
So basically, we've set this up in the back area, in the quiet area, where we have private booths, and we have the the back wall. We'd say is is full of toys, all sensory toys, numbers, letters, shapes, and all that type of stuff. You know, we have we have lamps, um, them them fish lamps with all the lights. We have a screen for for kids to watch as well. So basically, you're in the back. You're very much not secluded, but you're away from any eyes or anything like that and it's just a nice private area where even the adults can sit down have a cup of coffee a glass of wine and not worry about their kids melting down because it, it's it's no problem whatsoever. so the kids then wouldn't actually be sitting with mum and dad they can go ramble exactly yeah ah, exactly. they're not stuck to a table and you must eat the food they can get up do what they want it's just a free exactly. space it's a free space exactly so we've we've made five tables down there we've three tables of five and two tables of two down there so we can just they could just be comfortable and just have that couple of minutes to themselves the adults and then the kids are not worried about people looking at them or worried about uh, acting up or anything like that it's just a very nice safe environment and are, they, are the families relieved and and indeed grateful to have that opportunity uh, 100% it's it's the amount of families that come up to me and say thank you so much this space is just wonderful for my son or daughter because they can just be themselves they don't have to sit at a table they're not told to colour a, a page or, or, or just stay still they can, they're not they can trapped run like so they're not, exactly. they're not trapped exactly. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and do you yeah, find you know, that you have repeat customers coming back all the time then because of it 100% yeah we have we have loads of repeat customers uh, just just for the space alone you know and it's and, and they love it to come in in the mornings like with toddlers or coming in the afternoon with the older adults or kids with it with ASD and they just they just relax they just love it and even kids without uh, any any yeah, needs it's yeah, just yeah, it's it's yeah. it's perfect you know it really it, it really just helps all families really there's no there's no judgment there's no there's no one looking there's at there's no one tutting you know? looking or calling no, a waitress no. saying move me from this table nothing like that it can't happen and Nothing. do you like think that. the more should do it 100% because it's like ASD and, and autism and Down syndrome and all these things, they're way more prevalent these days. Uh, and I think it's just people have to be progressive with these things. They shouldn't look down at it as a negative. They should actually see it as a positive where, you know, we can create spaces for families with these needs and bring them out. Because lots of families Fair don't play. like going out, you know, they don't like they going don't, They, they don't, just don't like, go out because they can never anticipate what's going to kick off. Shane, well done. Fair play to you. Let people know that O'Connor's Seafood Bar and Restaurant in Bantry very much welcomes everybody of all shapes and sizes. Have a great weekend. I hope the weather's kind to you down west. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate Cheers, it, my man. From there, let's right. head east to District 11 down, uh, down Glanmar Way. Joanne is the general manager. Joanne, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Now, you have more specific times, do you? A- ASD days. Is that how you work it? Yes. So, unlike Shane, which is an amazing idea. What it Shane is. is doing, and yeah. Congratulations, and it's brilliant. But we're just at the planning stage now. So, our first day is going to be Tuesday. And what we're going to do is dedicate the whole day on Tuesday. Now, like we would have a few ASD families coming into us already because we do have quite a large space. So we've got a lovely private area down the back of the restaurant and we have a fully closed in garden as well. So um, Tuesday, we're going to dedicate all day for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And I'm hoping actually that Marion, who will be speaking in a while from Mobility at Work, will team up with us because we have a shed out in the garden that I'm planning on turning into a sensory shed. So with wind chimes and sensory mats and stuff Brilliant. like that. And yeah, toys. Every Tuesday yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, play and we have screens that yeah. we can put the bubbles up on and stuff like that. So like that would know, be the free space for son or daughter, whatever their age, absolutely. to just have a ramble. Yes, and we like we can have dogs. We even have dog bowls. Like you know, we're really dog friendly here as well. So um, we just have such a huge space, and I just think you know it's important, like like Shane was saying, to progress and to cater for everybody. Yeah, you know. Yeah, ASD days on Tuesday. You also employ a, a girl who's on the autism spectrum. I'm not interested in her name, if you don't mind, for GDPR reason. But she she works a couple of days a week. Is that right? She does. So I contacted um, Ability at Work last year. Um, before I went back into hospitality, my background would have been working with severe... Oh, apparently our, parent, our parents know about this. So it's Aoife, isn't they it? They know about it. Aoife, yeah, right. Aoife. Okay. Yeah. And she so, works two days a week, does she? She works two days a week with her. So um, how it happens is um, Ability at Work is a huge uh, job specialist support network. And they would come in and um, her job coach would stay with Aoife for two weeks, show her her role and go through with our staff, I suppose, just what works best for Aoife. Yeah, and, and, like and, and uh, Marion will tell me a little bit about that. So what kind of work does she do then? You, you train her, she earn a wage? Oh, absolutely, yes. Like like the same as all the rest of us. She gets paid the same as, um, say, Isn't that fantastic? 17-year-old staff would like... She would take... When she first came in, obviously she was a bit quiet and she was a bit shy, but... Like, Aoife's taking orders now. Aoife will bring a menu and she tells someone the special of the day. And to be honest with you, like, it's so important to have a diverse cohort of I staff. agree. I love and the way the world is changing like that. And, like, I can even see it myself. It has been a huge positive positive effect on staff morale. So, like, Great. even the change yeah. in Aoife's confidence. Like, she's now getting two buses independently to and from work. And the customers adore her. And her personality has improved and her, her, her communication skills and her relationship skills and having a bit of fun with f- colleagues and customers and, and everything. She loves a good joke. Like, I mean, we bunks off her, she bunks off us. Like, she's a great girl. You have no idea how powerful those words are. Joan, listen, well done on all of the above. I wish I had more time, but congratulations on all you do. Just, yeah. be, just before I go, so we're actually in the middle of designing Easy Read menus for Tuesday as well, where we will have all food images on the menus for the kids to actually pick out what they want and choose what they want. So I just think this is really important as well that the kids can just have their little easy read menu and choose themselves. Good for you, good for you. Meanwhile, us adults don't want photographs of our food on menus. No, but uh, these are easy read menus for children. <laughs> no, I, I, but you know, like, do you know what I'm saying? Do you ever go, do you ever go to places <laughs> we're and not, outside? We're not going to do the same thing. <laughs> That's right, exactly that. Yeah, it Spanish would really way. turn you off. <laughs> All right, thanks, Joanne. Marion from Ability at Work. She's the coordinator of Ability at Work with Cope Foundation. I've got about 90 seconds, Marion, for you to tell me <laughs> how... Thank you so much. Maybe I'll come back and chat with you sometime in the future. Yeah. But but if an employer or a potential employee would like to get a work um, placement or a job, how can an employer go about doing what District 11 did? Yeah, so I suppose um, our service in um, Cope Foundation is the people we support in Cope and so any employer that wants to find out more can contact us directly on, you know, through our Facebook pages or through LinkedIn or you know, or or email us Um, but like there's a lot of organisations around Cork doing the same work as that we do but basically, you know once a company is open to being inclusive we're quite happy to go and talk to the company and do some disability awareness training and, you know, show them how to do this and how to get in, involved 
and um, how to recruit people in, in the right way. And you will help to find the right person with the right potential skills yeah. to suit that workplace environment. Absolutely. Well, we work from a person-centred um, way so that we usually talk to the person, find out what they want and then we contact the company because, you know, I suppose traditionally what happens is we try and fit people into companies and yes. into, you know, what they want and that doesn't work. Uh, you know, it needs to be tailored, it needs to be individualised and, um, you know, it's quite easy and it's quite simple. And I mean, the message out there really to employers is everybody deserves a chance to work. You know, everybody, everybody has some way of contributing and I think, you know, in this society we need to bring people along and... You said it. You said it in one there. You actually said it in one. Allow people on the spectrum to pick up everyday work. Yeah, and I suppose what we're doing, we're challenging companies in Cork. We we have um, a hashtag which says we're trying to make Cork the inclusive capital of Ireland. Yeah, and I think that's important. Cork is a very open and friendly and you know community, and I think. We need to look after our own and I think we need to bring everybody along in these difficult times. Well said. And, you know, when people have financial independence, you, it's just absolutely amazing when they have a job, when they have a role. And when Not just that, I think. I, I, I know I'm over time, but also the yeah. fantastically positive effect it has on their personality, their communication skills, their interpersonal relationships, all just thrive under situations oh, like that. Absolutely. They completely totally. grow. Well and yeah. We supported um, 120 people over the last three years and we've 89 people now in paid employment. So that's, that's a huge change in people's lives and um, we'd only be delighted to talk to you more about Ability at Work and, and, and what we do. And, um, you know, in particular, I'd like you to talk to the people on our programme. Oh, my God. Let's make, the, let's make all that happen yeah. and give it the time that it deserves yeah. in the coming weeks. Yeah, so I'll hold absolutely. you to that, Marion. I will do that okay. and we'll, we'll, do it, we'll do it properly. But for now, if an employer wants to get in touch, it's Cope Foundation through Facebook is the fastest way. Um, Facebook or Instagram. Um, it's a, a, even if you pick up Ability at Work, if you just Google Ability at Work, and, well and you'll get, you'll get on to us. Okay, I'll be back to you then for the bigger picture stuff in the next few Brilliant. weeks, all right? Thanks, Marion at Cope Foundation. Thanks, Cheers. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Oh my god Safe space Safe space please (laughs) Roosters Piri Piri Courtesy of uh, Roosters Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park It's a free food Friday So we'll feed at least 15 of you Text who you are and where you are To 086-8104-106 Good morning to all the girls in the deli In Centrum, the Tory Top Road Keeping the community fed with breakfast rolls And hot chicken rolls Hi, Amanda, Donna, Gillian, and Marcella. Balancholic Credit Union would love to be fed today. The online grocery department in Dunn Stores, Bishopstown Court, the Puffin Ward of the CUH, the Matter Private Hospital, particularly the Heart and Vascular Department, Acorn Blinds, Loftus Demolition in Dublin Hill, um, Impact Ireland Metals in Glanmire, all of the staff at uh, Noreen's Hair Studio in White's Cross. Morning to all of the gang and all of the clients. Glintown Care Centre in Glanmire, Bowdron and Ahern Foods, Balancholic Credit Union, Celtic interiors and Douglas are listening Northside Glass and the old Mallow Road would love a munch today morning all Blue Co Skip Hire down Coveway Acme Blinds on the old Mallow Road 
Power Aggregates in Carrick Tool, Middleton Co-op, All-in-One Interiors in Holly Hill, AP Vaughan Recycling and Tower, Iris Oxygen at the Waterfall Road, to everybody at Rathbeacon Fireplaces in Hollymount, Whitegate Oil Refinery, one or two more, Douglas Village Shopping Centre, Morning Ken and Paddy, and everybody at DPD Depot 27 in Don Manway. You have 20 minutes now. Uh, we'll do a third bunch of shout-outs in 20 minutes' time. Text who you are and where you are to 086 8104 It'll feed at least 15, if you, perhaps more, I believe more, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So get dialing, oh sorry, get texting now, 0818 Morning, Neil. I did loads of laundry, laundry based on your forecast for hot and sunny weather. It's cloudy and overcast in West Cork. And it looks like it's going to start drizzling now. Can I just say to you, Neil, thanks a lot. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-810-4106. Red FM. Sometime between now and midday today, I will play a Harry Styles song. We will take Caller 20 when you hear it. Please only enter if you will go, because you got to get up and down yourself to the gig at the Aviva so Harry Styles two tickets for the Love On Tour sometime between now and midday but I just love this I really do the summer fair that's on at Oriel House Hotel this Sunday is a must if you're getting married and it's on Sunday from midday to five o'clock and you'll meet the uh, dedicated wedding team there and you'll have Prosecco and, and canapes and they'll take you through everything very very slowly and you know uh, methodically and they'll explain everything to you and there'll be a no rush so if you're getting married so with that in mind uh, they've given me some five star overnight stays to give away and we're sharing them right across the day so a five star overnight for two people whether you're getting married or not I don't mind but if you are it would be even more fantastic so you'll stay in uh, the Oriel House uh, Hotel five star overnight stay so what I want you to do and I'm just going to play it again now and then when you hear it without me talking about it the next time that's when you dial uh, caller 9 this is um, a very and people are already guessing and you're getting it wrong lads some of you are getting the artists or the band right but you're getting the song wrong so this is a very famous hit but it's played on a church organ so I want you to identify the band the song the church and the organist All right, and it's not I'm blue, baba dee, baba da. It's not that. Um, I'm joking about the organist and the church. I just want the song and the band. All right, so when I do that again between now and midday today, get on the phone uh, for that. Lines open for all of the business. Oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Can I also just say that uh, there's another? T- I hope that Lana O'Connor isn't listening to this now uh, and that she can't hear me. It says we are waiting for your son. We're waiting for your so-called. You know, forecasts change. You know. You could get a forecast, say, for instance, on, um, you know, on a, on, a, on a Thursday and you're given it for Saturday. Weather change. I know I do feel as if I'm trying to reverse out of a bad forecast, don't I? Anyway, we're waiting for your so-called son. Loving the banter between yourself and Lana. She's a very classy newsreader. Not to worry, Neil. We love you. Uh, and all the lads at Red can't come on air, but enjoy the weekend, guys. Kind regards, says Maria. Well, I'll pass on your kind thoughts and compliments to Lana. She is a very classy newsreader. Um, but uh, it's about the it's about the men now for a little while, guys. Right? It's about the dads because Sunday is Father's Day, and I don't want the, that to go, um, you know, unnoticed because uh, a lot of the time it kind of does, and uh, um, we need to big up the dads. Seamus was doing just that. He was on the streets of Cork yesterday. Father's Day is on Sunday, and with that in mind, he took to the streets of Cork to talk to dads, right? To chat with dads, and to ask them, what has fatherhood taught them? Daddy, daddy cool. daddy, 
what have you learned since you became a father? <laughs> have you any advice? I'm, I'm always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and come here to me, do you always get looked after then for Father's Day? You get something anyway. Like what sort of stuff would you get? Card. <laughs> it's a bit lousy, isn't it? Card. Yeah. Not a bottle of wine or a couple of cans of beer. No, look after your family and do what the best you can for them and you know they're the priority until they grow up and flee flee the nest you know it's a thing we we all have to do i'm always looked after a daughter and two sons and they always look after me so you get nice presents wine and bits and pieces like that not not socks and stuff like that we plenty of them what have you learned as being a father have patience <laughs> and will you be looked after now on Sunday oh I'd say so yeah yeah this is your first is it uh, no second or uh, a three year old as well so <laughs> third one so you should be well looked after uh, at this uh, stage yeah either well looked after now or maybe forgotten about who knows and what do you normally get ah uh, different things out for dinner and homemade cards and stuff what have you learned since you became a father it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do hear that if you have a chi- if you can afford a second car, you can afford a child. Jeepers! No, I have five. 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 My God! And will you be looked after on Sunday? Well, hopefully, get to, get to breakfast anyway. At least we feel you on Saturday, so I'd say it'd be roughly Saturday night and then cure on Sunday. Maybe the plan anyway. What the? When we became parents, we married for yeah, three years, and we said we shouldn't be parents because there's no such thing as going to bed at such a time. We'd be driving around the town at 11 o'clock in the night to put the child to sleep. So there's no such thing as clock. We just got on with it. If you go somewhere, you went somewhere and down the put the kids in the back, and that's it. And will you be looked after now on Sunday? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> all arrived with sweets. A Father's Day when you're alive, that's all the knowledge. <laughs> Another day above ground is always good, huh? Yeah, yeah. What have you learned since you became a father? Ah, sure, it's just hard work. Will you be looked after now on Sunday? Ah, sure, I will, of course. What do you normally get? Uh, taken out for a meal and what have you. A few drinks later, maybe in the evening, and chill out. You look like a father to me. My grandfather, anyway. My grandfather, yeah. Well, we started off as a father, anyway. Yeah. Um, we're just looking, like, what What did you learn once you became a father? Um, that's, uh, that, it's not, that you're not number one anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's herself, that, is it? <laughs> uh, that, that's right. <laughs> that there are other, more, much more important things. And that's uh, Father's Day, Father's Day, I think, was well down the line at that stage. But now you've been a grandfather, you'll be well looked after this Sunday, won't you? Oh, yes. Absolutely. That's the plus side of it. How does that normally pan out for you? A few, a few drinks and a few presents and a generally very pleasant day. What did I learn? Um, well, they're noisy. Uh, they're a lot of fun. Uh, one of the other important things that I learned is how you can leave in the morning and you come back and they're doing all kinds of different stuff. So it's really kind of delightful to see them, especially when they're wee ones. Daddy, Daddy Cool. Daddy Cool. Maybe you guys have the coolest daddy. What are some things they learn then? Patience. Uh, that I'm always wrong. Uh, that they're noisy. Kids, that is. That I'm not the number one anymore. Nobody mentioned, oh yeah, and one fella says, it's expensive. So it comes very close to, uh, I am now a walking ATM machine. Or I have a t-shirt, I can't remember the exact wording. It says dad. The word dad means, um, you know, a man 
with a wallet who has photographs of his children where money used to be or words to that effect. So it's expensive. You're also an unpaid chauffeur, perhaps a, an unpaid everything. Father's Day is on Sunday. And with that in mind, I have a nice little giveaway for you, which is a barbecue. Not just the barbecue for your dad, but also um, 15 bottles of the Cotton Ball Bar's fabulous craft beer. So it's the Indian Summer, the Kerry Lane Pale Ale, the Lynch's Stout and the Bloody IPA. And we got some runner-up vouchers of 50 euros supporting local for this one. So the Cotton Ball Bar have given us the beer. Hanley's um, uh, Garden Centre have given us a charbroil convective two-burner grill with the electronic igniter. And so we got the barbecue and the beer for your dad, courtesy of uh, the Cotton Ball and Hanley's at the Kinsale Road roundabout for the barbecue. So get texting on your dads for that. Text 0868 104 106. When I talk about the expense of being a parent, this is a father or a mother, um, I saw some research during the week that said that it costs, when you do the money transfer from sterling uh, to euro, that it costs 200 and 50,000 euro to rear a child to the age of 18, right? 250,000 euro to rear a child to the age of of 18. That's public, that's not a private school now, that's just regular stuff, 250,000 euro. So if you have a family of four kids to the age of 18, (laughs) they cost you 1 million euro to rear four kids to the age of 18. Scary stuff when you put it like that, isn't it? A lot of great texts on this, though. And keep those texts and stories coming. So if you want to win one of the prizes for dad, then text 0868104106. I love my dad. But as myself and my sisters get older, we realized he's the reason that we don't take life seriously. One summer, about 10 or 11 years ago, we had to deal with him walking around a park in Limerick, where we were for the day, um, day out, with his top pulled up as a crop top, and his pants turned into shorts, telling everyone he was entering the Miss Limerick competition. <laughs> Not only were we scarlet as young teenagers, but it is now a memory we will never forget. And just to prove that it happened, they actually sent me a photograph. Uh, in regards to Father's Day, it's like another day in my life. I'm a proud dad of five fantastic kids. I have a beautiful wife and a happy life. Back in 2010, when I first became a dad to our son, who's now 12, it was hard becoming a dad at the age of 22 because he was born with spina bifida. You don't know what life throws you. I put up a fight to get what was needed for him and still do today. Like yesterday, I was on our way to Dublin for an appointment. In 2015, we sadly lost our daughter. She passed away in my arms and her memories will stay with me forever. After the loss of our daughter, we had two more kids that have additional needs. But being a dad, I wouldn't change anything in the world. I just get up and I do it all over again. Fabulous text, Graham. Thank you for it. Text 0868104106. Heard you on about Father's Day. I had to get my mam to write and send this to me as I'm not so good uh, to, as, as I'm not so good to my dad at the moment. I'm Casey, I'm 13. My dad is Tim and I love him dearly. But I never show it to him. And I never tell him that I do love him. Why? I don't know. I just find it so hard to share my feelings. My dad goes above and beyond for me and my two sisters. I play soccer and he never misses one of my matches. He always cheers me on, which I absolutely hate, as I'd be mortified in front of my friends. So I give out to him. And then I never go back and say sorry. He takes time out of work and his own time to come and watch me, which I never appreciate. I join boxing and he brings me there to get me out of myself and to get a bit better with my fitness. 
I never appreciate that either. I just take for granted that he should just be doing this for me. My dad bought me all the gear for it and practices with me when he has free time. If I want to go anywhere, my dad is there to take me wherever I want to go. I tell him, go away now. I don't want my friends to see you. He's always there to fight my corner and defend me. My mam sat me down and explained how my dad feels when I do this. And I never thought of his feelings for one second. So, Dad, I just want to say sorry. Love, Casey. I would love if he was nominated for one of your prizes. Thanks for taking the time to read this for me. I'm absolutely mortified. That's just such a powerful email. Firstly, ma'am wrote it, but they're your thoughts. Don't worry so much about you being mortified around your dad in front of your friends. Us dads get that, and he'd have no real problem with that. You know, I mean, I, I had kids, and they, they were never keen on me going to the sideline of matches or things they were involved in. My son played rugby all of his life. I was never there because he just didn't want to... We don't care about that. That's fine. We understand that's your space. So don't be too worried about that aspect of it. But the saying thank you and the appreciating him, you've kind of done that in the email. I'm not suggesting that you would have to do it up to his face and say the words, not just yet. But a good start would be show your dad the email that you sent me. Put it in front of him. Even if you don't speak words, just give it to him. Put it in an envelope and let it be there from on Sunday for Father's Day. It's a fabulous email, Casey. And you have the sentiments in your head. And more importantly, in your heart. So well done for that. Text 0868104106. Killian, good morning. Hey, Neil, how are things? Okay, so as a dad, what's it taught you, being a dad? Patience, a lot of patience. <laughs> uh, it also taught me to share food. No, no matter how quiet you can be in a house, opening a packet of crisps, ah. you'll always hear a quick little <laughs> chase after you hello. Ah. Is it possible to go anywhere and open crisps unheard? No. Uh. I either have my daughter Eddie or I have a... Uh, our four-legged child, Loki, chasing after her. He can hear it as well. Like. What about the shed? Could you not bring him to the shed? Open the packet of potato in the shed. <laughs> so, uh, my daughter, Eddie, is just old, uh, high enough now to open the shed. So, I sit in the shed one day and the door's open and, hi! And I open, okay. So, yeah, no, unfortunately, you can't go anywhere. Unless you close the stair gate and go upstairs. Ah, <laughs> but that's torture then. They can hear upstairs. Would you, so, how many are in the family? Uh, just my wife and my daughter, Addison. So you need three packets and, and of tato. You need three packets of tato or maybe a fourth for the dog. <laughs> That's true. Like, that, that is true. And she, I, we'd give Addie her pack, but then I'd have mine and she wants mine as well, no matter what I have. It's always better because I have it. <laughs> she just wants one of Daddy's crisps, but if it was only one, okay. it would be fine, I suppose. Oh, God, it's not just one, like. She kind of sits beside you and smiles and looks with hi. Uh, you said uh, you said this this tiny little person is the most important person you'll ever meet in your life, and the things yep. you take for granted. Um, well, what about the things you take for granted? So Neil, uh, this week we're uh, at home at the moment, and uh, we had a bubble machine, a bubble <laughs> machine, little bubble machine, classic thing, cost twelve euro. But when she saw the bubbles, they are the best thing in the world. She runs around, Loki her after. It's the bit, and the scene, the delight on her face. Like we take everything for granted, like flowers, weeds, a weed in the garden. She walked past things the best thing in the world. That's never experienced. It just read ignites your life. You see things. It's just brilliant to be a father. And what yeah. about Father's Day? Is she too small to appreciate that uh, that fact yet? She, she is, but uh, I have to admit, I have a great wife who does make sure that I'm looked after. And uh, I'm unfortunate though that uh, my birthday is on the twenty second of June, so I kind of get a bit stung for both in one go, like. <laughs> I love the I love the story about the tato. What flavour, incidentally? <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter what flavour. It could be any crisp. Could be a Pringle. Could be a salt of vinegar. It doesn't matter what it is. Whatever food it is, 
Even if she doesn't need it, she doesn't like it, but you no. have it. I want it. She's got, well, I don't know what the equivalent to 2020 vision is for hearing. I suppose perfect hearing. I don't know, maybe telescopic hearing. <laughs> but she certainly oh. doesn't need her ears tested anytime soon. She can hear you opening like, the crisp bag. <laughs> she can hear opening the crisps. And like we are, we've got a change in the car. And I ordered McNuggets in the drive through And she just woke up straight away. Huh? She w- did, did she wake up when you were shouting at the machine, McNuggets, is it? I was. I was very quiet when you just wake her up. You and whispered. I, I ordered a coffee, the whole lot, nothing, and I just said, McNuggets, and boom, she woke up. <laughs> that was it. Gillian, you're a riot, pal. Thanks for calling. It's a great conversation. No problem, Neil. Have a great day, man. Have a great you weekend. You too. Take care. Cheers. Take care. Take care. Sandra, good morning. Morning, Neil. Uh, sadly, your dad passed away. Oh. Yeah, four he, years now, this August. Was yeah. it? What was his name? His name is John, is it? John, yeah. And did you come from a family of nine, or did he come from a family of nine? Oh, we 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 came from a family of nine. There was nine of us all: six boys, three girls. And now that he's gone, sadly, um, do you appreciate him even more by the fact now that he's passed away? Oh, definitely. Why? I, I Why? Think we, we, I think we all appreciate. Like we might have, uh, we might have listened to much when he was alive, but we definitely take into consideration now how hard he genuinely worked, and I think we're all after taking after him as well. Like every one of us, like seem to have good work etiquette, and we've just put it down to him and my mother, of course. Like the two of them, like the two of them were like a tag team. Like he would work nights, come back. My mother would go out to work. She'd come in from work. He'd go out to work. It was a constant tag team, like. Now, your dad worked hard, as you say. He went for his few pints on a Sunday. He loved his yes. GAA, did he? But the, the, Oh, the, my God, if he there did. Was, the, the big fight in the house would be the television when there was a GAA match on, I suppose. Well, I suppose when we were younger, we wouldn't have been into it. And every Sunday, that was his thing, like, he'd either go for a few pints or and watch the GE if it was an important match and this particular Sunday like we were all just really fed up because all of our friends went for their Sunday spin <laughs> so we were like okay let's just hit in wait for dinner did you and, not have uh, a car no? no 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 we didn't <laughs> <laughs> definitely not the then Sunday anyway spin to Google that's, Mara, that's yeah. another story when we got the car oh my god my mother learned how to drive it tea towel in hand ready to whip back because she couldn't look back at us she give you a smack of the tea towel? Oh, she, when she started driving, she said it to one of the neighbours, like, she said, what am I going to do every time I go in the car? They all have to come with me and I can't keep turning around, she said, like, to give out to them. And she was told, put a tea towel in the car, don't look back, just whip the towel back every time there was a fight and it would stop. A flick and of a worked. tea towel. You know your yeah. mother shouldn't have been taking driving lessons with kids in the back of the car. No, she shouldn't have. But she has her full licence now. She's flying around and she's never, touch wood, had a crash or a tip or even had a penalty pint. <laughs> so, it worked. Oh my God, oh my God. But, uh, yeah, going back to that Sunday, we were like, in we came and we were like, oh my God, he's here. He didn't go to the pub like, and this match came on and we were all tuttling. He knew he was going to get no peace watching this match. So he just literally turned and he was like, what? What are you doing in here? He's like, what's wrong with you? And we were like, all of our friends are gone for a Sunday spin. So he eventually just walked out and silently, of course, coursing off. He went and we were like, delighted we won the television over but after about 10 minutes we heard this roar of an engine like we were like oh my god what's that like on a Sunday now and we looked out there he was coming through the terrace in one of those dumper trucks (laughs) 
Oh, like my mother even came out. She was like, "What's he doing?" She was like, "It's Sunday. Where's he going?" She said, "What have you done to him? He's looking to go to work on a Sunday." <laughs> so oh, he, he, dro- he drove the tractor digger, did he? Oh, it was parked out the back. Sorry, like, I, where thought he, he was I thought he, he hot wired it. Okay. No, no, I wouldn't put that past him either. So up he drives through the park in the in the dumper truck. What did he do yes. next? Everyone, he said, in put down the bucket. Do you know the bucket of the digger? <laughs> Off we got myself and all the younger brothers and sisters into it and it's just something I'll never forget because back then in Little Isla like the, the industrial estate was very quiet and everything was locked up and we'd done a few laps and I just remember one guy heading over to work he worked in the local um, like the hotel at the time and he looked at me and was like Horse what are you doing? <laughs> And he said, I'm taking the kids for a bloody Sunday spin. What does it look like I'm doing? And he just took off laughing. And we were just like, I will never forget it. It was the best day ever. What a great memory. Thank you so much for sharing it. What you call your dad? Horse, was it? Well, that was his nickname. (laughs) We won't even go there. But anyway, this is a great story. I don't think you should. No. No. Good luck. (laughs) Take care. Oh my God. Anyway, keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Okay, I'll say no more. Have a listen. That's straightforward enough for you, right? Nine oh eight one eight one oh four one oh six. The Oriel House Hotel, an overnight and a very good one at that. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. Oh eight one eight one oh four one oh six. Ah, I love this one. Our dad is the greatest dad in the world. He drives us to matches all over the place. Gives us money whenever we need it. We'd be lost without him. He also lives uh, that. Uh, he loves the cotton ball beer. Well said. Uh, this is another super one here. Um, one overriding memory I have of my dad is when he left me and my sister on top of the counter in Abbey Court House HSE Abbey Court House back in the 1980s he left us on the counter in Abbey Court House because he was refused because he was refused a medical card says T in Blarney I wonder if he come back and pick you up again I hope so you're still not on the counter there I hope any means anyway back to the phone lines John good morning hi Neil good morning you're one in a million dad Sean Mengen they thought uh, that yeah. you robbed a bank or something, did they? Well, Neil, it's a good story. Um, summer 2006, my son was uh, due and, uh, well, he was due later in the year. But uh, while he was tight with the babies coming, as it uh, usually is, and they were watching an episode of Crime Call one night, I got a phone call uh, the following day and between himself and my mother, uh, my late mum, they decided that uh, the short and stout fella in Paul Street... There was a video of the, of the crime, is it? There was a video of the crime, Neil, and uh, I was fitted up before I even knew about it. <laughs> so they saw, they watched crime calls, saw the video footage of some guy skimming an ATM machine, was it? And decided it was me. What did they do about it? Oh, uh, well, I got the phone call, uh, or uh, I can't remember now, was it a phone call or a visit, but uh, they decided I was guilty. Neil, not even your great friend Bernice could have gotten me out of this, because <laughs> Bernice is my aunt. I was guilty. Bernice, the Christmas hamper Bernice. The one and only. <laughs> so the call you got was hopefully from your parents, not the Bridewell. Oh, from the parents, double-checking if everything was okay, and then they launched into it. Accusations and laughter was flying. 
<laughs> I mean, like, imagine if they had chopped their own son. <laughs> I wasn't too far away from it, I'd say, Neil. They were uh, law, they're law-abiding people. <laughs> oh, my God. Did they ever catch the guy who did skim the ATM on the North Main Street? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. But it's uh, it's a good story. We laughed about it many, many times uh, afterwards. Great story. Fair play. Thanks for sharing it. Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Years ago, when you out with your mammy and your daddy, what happened? Years ago, I suppose, on a Sunday, out with my mother and father, my brother and sister, out the lock having a walk. And I'd say, back then, my mother had a camera. No, I don't know where she got it from. <laughs> but it was back in the early 80s. But um, she decided she wanted the three of us to get a picture on the wall by the water. So that was grand. It was myself, my brother, my sister. Decided to sit down the wall. Uh, either side of me brother, myself, my sister was, so he was older than us. So we sat down. He was an awful mess of all together. So he decided to open the arms wide on my side. Of course, I went in, head first, legs <laughs> he dangling gave you up a in box. the air. He gave you a box with one of the arms, <laughs> no, right? No, we'd say, no, did you ever do the thing where we said, did you ever see the size of the fish and you'd open your arms wide? You That's know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. And, of course, I went in, legs up in the air, head submerged. My father, I suppose, at the time, I don't I remember a little bit, he panicked. My father had one love and life, really, bear his family, obviously. He loved Byros. Byros? Byros. Pens like. No matter who went away in Hollis Ryan, they came back, they brought him a nice Byro. So, of course, top pocket of the jacket full of Byros. <laughs> he bent over to pick me up <laughs> to get me out. The Byros went flying. He decided then that he was going to hold, leave me under and save the Byro <laughs> before he pulled me out. <laughs> but eventually, eventually I got out anyway and as far as I know, he managed to get back most of his biros at that point you know what I mean he blamed you but, for the uh, loss of the rest of the biros did he oh shit that was it yeah that was it could you and be drowned in, in the lock it's, is it deep enough to drown you seriously like well it's deep I know when I went down I just hit a load of muck <laughs> so I suppose no I wouldn't be a small young fella ah. I was only about five or six I'd say but the legs were up in the air and the head was under like and your dad shouting under, never you know? mind the child save me pens save me pens save me biros that's it <laughs> save me biros oh but, my uh, god yeah, that's the way it was now. And it's five then and we own five boys and we all know at this stage. So well, for you anyway, happy Father's Day. You're going to get a lot of gifts on Friday. On Mo- yeah, sorry, on Sunday. Well, all going well. All going well. All going well. I've one other young fella there, Neil. He just had a finish in his evening, sir. Uh, he's at Burgers. And, of course, last week there, we got a phone call from the school saying he was finished his exam early. But, of course, he just says it as he sees it, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, there's no filter there, just straight out, like... Of course, he went up to the office. They said, they said to us, uh, he's sitting down there having something to eat because he came up to us said he was hungry, so we made him tea and biscuits. No shame, like. <laughs> after having breakfast, the whole lot. He was, up and told, he was up and told the secretary he was hungry, so they made him tea and biscuits. <laughs> I like the cut of your son because if you don't ask, you won't get. Happy oh, Father's Day, Jonathan, my man. Take no, care. Thank you, Free Food Friday shout-outs. Sue Roosters, Berry Perry will feed, feed up to 15 of you. Little Island Transport and Carrick Tool. Joe Crowley Oil. Smurf at Cap are listening. Cove Community Hospital. The Endoscopy Unit at the Bonds are listening. Everybody at Cloyne Veterinary Clinic. UPS and Little Island. The Gutter Guy and Blarney. Murray Properties and all of the staff. Union Hall Smoked Fish. O'Donovan's Farm 
Pharmacy in Balavihan, B2SR Technics. They fit airplane engines. Wow. On post at the North City Delivery Office, Northside Tires on the O'Malley Road, Bloom Font, sorry, Bloomont Plumbing in Tower, Balafihan Health Centre, O'Leary O'Sullivan Developments, Walsh's Pharmacy, uh, Audi on the Bandon Road. Uh, what else have we got? For Arama Connect in Blackpool. Uh, O'Sullivan's Pharmacy in Grange and Glen Heights Pharmacy if I can do one more blast of shout outs between now and midday I will now just very quickly our Oriel House winner uh, for an overnight let me get the paperwork on that our Oriel House winner for an overnight in the Oriel House you will stay in the five star overnight uh, hotel accommodation of the Oriel House Hotel is uh, Natasha O'Leary from the Western Road in Clonakilty this was the organ grinder For those of you that couldn't work it out, that's gimme, 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 a man after midnight be the ABBA. So ABBA's gimme, gimme, gimme. So well-identified Natasha O'Leary on the Western Road. David, great tickets for the gig tomorrow night. George O'Regan at Shannon Lawn in Mayfield. Enjoy that gig. It's going to be a super, super gig. Now, we've still got to pick a winner for our barbecue, courtesy of ourselves and Handley's. And we're throwing in beer as well from the Cotton Ball. So that will make a fabulous prize for Father's Day. I'll do another couple of texts between now and midday today. But an awful lot happening on the air today. And you can't get these for love nor money. Tastes like strawberries on a watermelon sugar. All right, it's call at 20 for those two tickets for Harry Styles' Love on Tour at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. I don't have any way of getting you up or down. I don't have overnight, so you need to make your own way. So the phone lines are open for that, Harry Styles, and you'll really enjoy that gig. Text, my dad, James Murphy Stout, would love beer. Well, he would, with a name like Murphy Stout. Uh, and the barbecue, says Ethan. Uh, morning, uh, I'd like to win the prize of my husband, Paul. He is the best dad in the world. I want to show him that we do appreciate him so much. Another one, Tim Murray is my superhero. Taxi driver, chef, bank of dad, doctor, car cleaner. The best title of all is the best granddad to my two smallies. Uh, Eilie, uh, or is that Ellie? I'm not quite sure. And Sean. My dad, Paddy Maloney from Bandon, an amazing man. I'd be lost without him. He's always there for me and the two girls. He's had a hard time the last two years with health problems, but he never complains and deserves a prize. One overriding memory I have of my dad is when he left me and my sister on top of the counter in Abbey Courthouse. I did that one. That's a beauty. Our dad is the greatest dad in the world, drives us to matches all over the place, gives us money whenever we need it. Ah, yeah, walk an ATM machine. We'd be lost without him. He also loves cotton ball beer, says Sophie, Billy and Leo. And the text written solely uh, by the kids for dad. Right, uh, we'll do another bunch of those shout-outs in one or two minutes' time. The final Free Food Friday shout-outs, and I won't get to all of them, my apologies. Everybody at Feeland Pharmacy and Baker's Road. Uh, Paddy Flannery's listening in Clonmacnoise in County Offaly. Beautiful place, but I'd say the food would be well cold by the time we get it up to you. Sorry, Patricia Flannery, I should say. Unified Packaging in the IDA and Carrick Tool. Feeland's Pharmacy. Oh, Feeland's Baker and Baker's Road. Uh, the Medical Secretaries in the CUH. Gate Child Care. Deneen Crash repairs, uh, the stores team at the Matter, Cork Distribution, Munster Garden Sheds, uh, everybody working for Sigma, Cara Junior School, uh, ah, there's reams of them, my apologies, uh, we'll have to come back in a few minutes time and see if I can get some more, we'll pick a free food Friday winner shot after the break feed 15 of you, maybe more if you shared around, uh, one fast call let me just see how I go with this, Catherine yes, Neil, thanks for holding I wish I had more time, anyway, Father's Day go yeah, ahead, okay. yes yeah, um 
my husband Tom took my or took my son Joe to an under thirteens match there a couple of weeks ago, and Joe just got injured at the pitch. He fell and hurt his knee, but the two trainers helped him off the pitch because he couldn't kind of walk. But Tom, instead of going over to help him off like the trainers did, decided to drive his van up the sideline of the pitch and onto the pitch just where he'd fallen <laughs> to carry him away. <laughs> That's called hol- helicopter parenting. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> What's your jo- where did he, where'd he take him the in the van though? Oh, back home to me, like for me to start it all out. <laughs> yeah. But um, Joe was mortified at the time, but sure, the dramatics after and wor- and talking about it in school and everything, it sounded a lot worse when his dad had to actually carry him off the pitch on the <laughs> he didn't. He didn't carry him off the pitch. He drove the pitch. He drove no, the van no. to him and possibly yeah, dug up and destroyed the pitch in the bargain. <laughs> oh, yeah, but that didn't matter. <laughs> I love it. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 818 104 Red FM. Okay, winner of Free Food Friday for this week. It'll feed 15 of you, perhaps more. It'd be great to be able to get them on the phone. Loftus Demolition and Recycling, Dublin Hill. Can we just give them a quick bell there and see if they're hungry enough to feed? If they're not hungry enough, we can move on and give it to somebody else. Loftus uh, Demolition. Let's see what the story is there. Meanwhile, what a melon sugar. Hi. Let's see what we got for you. Pat O'Neill. Uh, oh, he was there one second. Now he's gone. He's up in uh, Teresa, St. Teresa's Road in Gronoborough. I hope you're a big um, Harry Styles fan, Pat, because there's two tickets for you. We'll work out how you can pick them up. We'll transfer them to you digitally, as the fella says. You need to get up and down yourself uh, to the Aviva Stadium. I'm sure you'll have no problem doing that. Enjoy the gang, the gig. I hope you're a big fan. Meanwhile, Free Food Friday this week. Uh, Loftus Demolition and Recycling. Hello? Hey, how's it going? Can you all hear me? Yeah, yeah. It's not the greatest phone line, so I need a big cheer, a big hungry cheer. One, two, three. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it. Yeah, you sound hungry enough for me. I'm going to feed 15 or more of you. Is that enough? That's perfect. That's lovely stuff. <laughs> All right, okay. Not a great phone line, but thanks for listening. Congratulations, Roosters Piri Piri. Starters, main courses and dessert uh, for Loftus Demolition and all of the gang up there working hard. So well done. Now, I'd love to win a prize for my husband, Paul. He's a fab, fab dad. I want to show him our appreciation. My dad, Martin, is a super dad, says Lindsay. Tim Murray's my superhero. Paddy Maloney and Bannon is amazing. We'd be lost without him. Overriding memories of dads this morning, and I wish I had more time. But I have to say, one of the ones that really excites I got a great laugh out of was uh, the conversation that we had there a while ago. Uh, which one is it? There it was the guy who uh, whose dad um, he fell into the water down at the lock. What's the detail on that one again? It was a call. If you just grab that text there, that da- he fell into the water. Oh, there it is. I love it. I love it. Years ago, I was out with my mother and father. We were down at the lock. Jonathan told the story. My mother wanted to get a picture of us on the on the wall. Anyway, one brother knocked the other brother into the pond, and the dad, of course, with a love of pins. Wanted to save the pens before the sun. So I love that one. So well done to you, Jonathan. Congratulations for you uh, for Father's Day. And you can burn, you can fire this one up and have all the family for a big barbecue. We've got a two burner grill, which is an electronic igniter. Um, It's a real humdinger of a machine. It's from Hanley's uh, Garden Centre. And we also have the cotton ball giving us 15 bottles of their own craft beer. You really can't have one without the others. We've got the beer for you and the barbecue, courtesy of Hanley's. 
and fair play to them. They're always there when I need them and they come on board and they've got a whole range of garden furniture in the shop. One big thing about Handley's that we're telling me is that everything they, that you order and want is in stock, so there's no waiting, which is a fabulous thing. So the charbroil, convective two-burner grill and the cotton ball beer and stout and IPA all sorted for Jonathan Downey, Pines Valley in Ballyvalan. Out of time, lads. I know I'm forgetting stuff. I wish I had more time, but that's the way it goes. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the weather. Notice how I didn't say enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy the weather and be thankful for it. <laughs> I think I have you on the run, Neil. <laughs> no, actually, people are saying lovely things about you this morning. And oh, you really? Didn't hear them because you're oh. working hard. That you're classy. <laughs> and that you're a super newsreader. Oh, wow. And that so they nice. love the banter between the two of us. Oh, so, thank there you, very you go. Much. Where would you be if you weren't having the bands with me? <laughs> That's very true. You make my Friday. Great. And I've also <laughs> made you forget about the weather. I'll see you all Monday. This is another Red FM podcast. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, for more podcasts, check out redextra.ie. It's full of great Red FM content.